Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Car Chat Podcast. I'm Sam Wars. For this episode, we have Mark Secular from Roof UK. Um, they are the UK distributor and have have good chat. Had a little technical issue at the beginning where uh, the mics were looping rather than recording, sort of just ironing out these things as, as we go on. I had a new, new mic set up for this podcast, but I had a backup audio. So the audio changes to the mics at about 15 minutes. Hope you enjoy it. Hello everyone, here we are with Mark Secular from Rough UK. A roof. Roof, yeah. roof. That's roof. How, it's like the roof up there. Yes. Okay. The thing on top of your house, not you, the TV on top. How do you say Porsche? Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, 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 no. I know oh, that yeah. is correct. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of people just, they just say Porsche. Yeah. It's... Um, I, don't, I don't have a problem with Porsche. No, I, well, I Obviously don't. Obviously not, but yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's just one of those things where you grow up around, you know, whatever someone says one mm-hmm. thing and then some people tell you mm-hmm. something else and you're like, okay, fine. But yeah, tomato, tomato. It is. <laughs> people pick a lot of it up from parents. Yeah. Um, you just do because again, growing up with, if your dad was like a car fan or whatever and you, you know, he, he will say things in certain ways and you tend to just kind of do whatever your dad does. Mm. So some people will be listening on the podcast and some people will be listening, well, on YouTube because you can you know, watch the video. For the people that are on YouTube, you can see we are in a, I don't know what it's called. A bunker. Called, a bunker <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. We're wearing quite a lot of clothes, clothes yeah, and we actually have a heater snuck under this table because it's, it's a little chilly. Um, it's too cold. But in the background, we have some <clears throat> some roofs. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and a Gimbala. And some classic Porsches as well, obviously. So there's quite some cool cars. Yeah. So if you want to check out, if you're listening to the podcast, you can pop over to YouTube and check it out. Otherwise, just yeah. carry on listening. Or, or actually, you can go to our website, roofautomobile.co.uk. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's your advertising <laughs> stint out there. It's got to be done. Um, so, yeah, so Mark, you yep. and your dad yep. run Roof UK. Yep. Yep. Um, how did that sort of come about? What did you do before that? Have you been doing this? You've been doing it for a while. Uh, yeah. Been in the motor trade since 1998. Um, I was obviously still at school at that point. I'm 34 now. Um, my dad, by trade, was a marketing um, IT based consultant. Um, and he decided to step into the motor trade as a hobby, really. Uh, started a, a website, was Cast By, um, the mm. original website. We've still got the Cast By business now. It's actually our core business. Um, that, that basically is our sourcing and supplying cards for private clients. It tends to be a global, well, it is a global business now. We've actually got an office in Hong Kong as well. So I'm quite often in Asia, um, traveling, meeting customers and, um, is that where like most of the trade yeah. for that business is sort of? For us, it is, yeah. Um, private clients in UK and obviously business to business clients in Asia and private clients in Asia as well. Um, but going back to the, the original story, um, 1998, uh, so my dad started, he started the, the website and he really went into detail about, okay, if, if we're going to try and buy and sell cars, how will we show the cars in a way that people will feel, you know, I'm really, I'm really seeing more than I am in back then was basically just auto trader magazine. I think the auto trader website had been launched, but it was a very, very basic website. And you only had sort of three or four thumbnail photographs. You were right. really struggling to make out, you know, if it was even the right car, <laughs> obviously <laughs> it was, but you know, they had to fact check these things. Um, but really my dad decided to, to go into, having, you know, 14, 15 high-res photographs, which back then I think were kind of dial up internet and stuff. Yeah, it's quite yeah. difficult for people to, to, to at least see the pictures, download them. But the website worked in quite a simple way. So we found that we were getting guys from Scotland phone up about maybe a TVR or something that we had for sale. Mm. Um, and they would be wanting to buy the car over the phone. And really for us, we, we realized quite quickly that, okay, bus business was going to be different now. You know, the internet was going to change things. Um, also in an international or on an international level, we were, we were finding, okay, we were buying, importing, uh, left-hand drive TTs from Germany, the first generation cars. Um, and we, we were sort of buying them from Germany, bring them here. And then people would be phoning us and buying them back and take them back <laughs> to Europe, which is kind of crazy, but it was just a, a thing that happened. Um, Fast forward to 2005, um, I finished university. Um, my dad said to me, look, if you, you want to work with me um, full-time, obviously you can. Um, there, were, there were no incentives other than, I guess then I could work from home, <laughs> be working for my dad. Um, and yeah, we, we basically, at, at one point, we actually had um, a site in uh, Epping near Harlow in Essex. Um, we were still living in Kent, but commuting every other day. If we if we had customers that wanted to come yeah. and see cars, we didn't have like a traditional kind of forecourt. Again, it was kind of a secure storage. So we were we were selling cars over the internet, and people would be phoning us and saying, "Hey, I'm really interested in this Porsche you've got, or this Ferrari, or whatever." Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that was working for us, and we got to. It was about 2000 and late 2006, early 2007, and we, we really could see the market was changing and that, that something strange was happening. A lot of the finance companies were starting to back out of the market. 
Um, obviously, the crash came in 2008. And around that time, we had a lot of clients that we sold cars to phoning us saying, look, I really need to sell my car. And of course, the traditional, the traditional offer you're going to get from a dealer is far less than if you know you decided to even try and sell it yourself yeah, yeah. auto trader or piss some heads and we decided to then really look at the brokerage side of the business and saying well okay if we have this customer and he's got a Gallardo for example and it's four years old um, okay we can take care of all of the prep um, the, the, the management side of it okay does the car need a service does it need this does it need that we would essentially be arranging all of this for the customer then advertising the car in a way that we felt it really was fitting for the car. And again, we were finding, we, we were able to sell cars even in a difficult market because our, our presentation was was quite high. Yeah. You know, it was, it was at a high different. level. We would never be able to maybe get to the Lamborghini main agent levels yeah, yeah. or Ferrari or, or Porsche or Audi, BMW or, or whoever because we, we wouldn't have the budget. But, you know, I think if you're smart about what you're doing and you think, well, okay, what can we do that's different to everybody else? then that that kind of worked for us. Um, I guess really you want to know how we ended up with Roof and... and yeah, how did we end up? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Um, my story with Roof starts when I think I was 13 or 14 years old. It's Gran Turismo and PlayStation 2. Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was only... It was, was PlayStation... No, on the original PlayStation, Gran Turismo. And... Um, I remember I was obsessed with this game. Um, my friend Joe at school at the time, um, we we both had this game and we would be going to each other's houses after school to play Gran Turismo. And I remember one day, it was lunchtime, we were in the playground or whatever you do when you're 13 yeah. years old at school. <laughs> um, and he said to me, have you seen these cars on Gran Turismo? This, 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 this car, and it's, it looks like a Porsche, but it's yeah. not. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, it's called a, it's called a roof or a roof or, you know, he, again, he didn't know how to pronounce yeah, yeah. that. And I said to him, no, you know, I'll check it out. And I think then you, you could save the car on like a, you know, you had a memory card. Like yeah. Thing yeah. Like slotted in yeah, so he said, above your he control. Said, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try it out. And he, I think he bought it to mine and showed me this, this car and, I'm thinking, wow, yeah. and like on the game, it was like really fast, yeah. like really, really <laughs> fast, like stupidly fast. And I was kind of like, what is this? So I remember asking my dad and saying, you know, what, what is, what, what is roof? And he then explained to me the whole kind of background, a bit more detail about what who refine what they do. But even then, for me, really, it wasn't enough. And Wikipedia and everything then, yeah. I guess, was a bit a bit more basic than it is now, but there was still enough information to see online and find out, okay, well, what, what is this company? Um, and that, that kind of always kept me interested in, in the brand and, and what they were doing. Um, obviously I was too young to have a roof. Uh, there was no way I could have afforded one then. So it was just more of a, of a fanboy type of thing, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And just seeing, well, okay, you know, I, at least I knew what it was and I knew that it, it wasn't a Porsche. It was something else. Uh, you know, like a, a skunk works. Version, yeah, those early games, like the early Gran Turismo's and stuff, where they didn't have a Porsche yeah. license, like, yeah. that that did so much That's right. for roof. Yeah. Because, like, I remember being like, I want to drive a Porsche, mm. and then you're like, well, which one of these roofs will I yeah. drive instead? Yeah. Um, that's 100 percent where I came across them. Yeah, the exactly. And I think 
there's there's a lot of guys now in their 30s and early 40s that are part of that original PlayStation generation and they they know the brand they're familiar with mm. the name and you know we have a lot of messages on Instagram and Facebook and emails from people that are just like look can we come and see you can we go to the factory I've always dreamt about seeing an original yellow bird going out in a car mm. with alloys roof um, that is a real thing and it is because of the exposure from the video games yeah. which is kind of crazy it's no one really saw it coming but it, it kind of it's almost replaced traditional media like films like cinema is now okay well video games because it, it's interactive and you can play it straight away and like with those cars they always had silly amounts of horsepower relative yeah. to like what they should have had yeah, almost exactly. yeah. and now like, now games have got so good and whatever like you get yeah. an experience of driving something that well, even if you even if you've got the money to buy to mm. buy so many cars now, mm. you walk into a dealership and and you can't drive one before yeah. you buy it. Yeah, go and play it in a video game first. <laughs> but it, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because it is. It, you can't imagine going to Ferrari now and asking for a test drive. Yeah, because they're, they're just going to be like, "Why? Just buy the car." It's a really weird concept, <laughs> isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, yeah I, I'm still very much, if I can, I yeah. want to drive something because yeah, yeah. you don't know what it's going to be like. Um, well, you've driven a roof. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. How did you find it? Well, so... <laughs> this is where you need to insert on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like a link here, 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 somewhere um, to a drive I did with Mark. Was it early last year? Or the year before, maybe? It was no, maybe last year. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember. Yeah. It, was, it was quite... It was some time ago. Yeah. And it was that RTR. It's a yellow 991. Which is like in the corner back there. Um, and yeah, do you want to explain um, what that car is? Yeah, okay. Just it's a little a, brief. Yeah, it's a 991 chassis. Uh, twin turbo, 650 brake horsepower, manual rear wheel drive. It essentially... Was a car that Roof um, prototyped back in 2013. That was the kind of 991 GT2. Yeah, not an RS version, but a GT2, I guess. Yeah, it was sort of before that. Before <laughs> the GT2 RS, yeah, had, came, had come out. Yeah. The closest you could get really was this Roof RTR. It is an RTR. Yeah, there, there wasn't. There wasn't, as far as I'm aware, anything else in the market, especially manual mm. rear wheel drive. Yeah. So I so Mark's like okay come and have a have a drive. Uh, I met him at it was like Brands or somewhere like that. Uh, we went to see um, Sam. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, near Bromley. Okay, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we met. We went to Brands. Yeah. I get Not Mark takes me for a little drive. <laughs> uh, gives me the keys, and I shit you not, I get in the car and it started like hailing. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it June or something as well yeah it was like summer <laughs> basically the heavens opened and yeah. it was like the worst conditions ever to try out a rear wheel drive but were you turbo. scared at but, any point no and actually that <laughs> <laughs> the, I think maybe if you'd, if you'd like turned everything off mm. and like gone a bit loony then yeah. maybe but, but I probably would have asked you not to do that you probably would being as it's like not my car <laughs> like Sam no, that, that would have been Sam I'm pressing this button it's going back on a bit risky um, but I I felt like on that platform on the 991 platform yeah. so that car was 650 horsepower yes um, and it you can also could have got it or can get it I don't know in se 750 uh, I think Ruff were happy to take the car to 8 okay um, but again I think if if it's a car that, I mean, Alois often says that 
a lot of his clients use them as daily drivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes you can go too far and then it's, okay, well, how manageable is this power, especially in something, again, that is rear-wheel drive manual. So that, I felt, was 650 horsepower, even in, like, a bit crappy conditions. Mm. I, I thought it, it felt super stable, yeah. like, drove really well. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing about it that mm. I thought, this is, like, dangerous. Mm. Yeah. So I think if if it was me... I'd, it depends if that's what you daily drive it then mm. 100% like mm. smashing autobahns great yeah. but I would probably go like another I'd probably go like 700 750 just well, to get know. a little yeah. bit of a butt clench but yeah I'll, I'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think what we were talking about before um, the background um, so I always had an interest in the brand and around 2008 we started um, dealing with uh a guy in Thailand who, again, he's, he's the same age as me, um, massive car fan, enthusiast. But he himself was a dealer in Thailand. So he was buying a lot of cars from the UK. Uh, a lot of what we call mass market, like Mercedes, um, brands that are popular in Thailand, but also Porsches and stuff like that. And we were helping him find the cars. Um, he was then taking them to Thailand, reselling them, whatever he needed to do. Um, and he... He kind of phoned me out of the blue one day and said, Mark, you know, I'm thinking about um, bringing a niche brand or adding a niche brand to my business. So I have this kind of main mainstream luxury premium car business that sells new and used cars. But I really want like a, a halo brand, something, something different. And I said to him, well, you know, what, what, what kind of cars would you be looking at? He said, well, you know, there's already Brabus uh, in Bangkok, so we, we can't approach them, but maybe something Porsche-related. And funny enough, he suggested 9FF, who, yeah, okay. again, another yeah, yeah. famous Porsche tuner, not, not as big as Roof, but 9FF are kind of all about extreme brake horsepower. Yeah. They, they, they'll kind of take a 911, heavily modify it, and they'll say, right, 1,000 brake horsepower. Yeah. And I think the cars blow up. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, said to, <laughs> I said to him, um, what about roof? And it was this kind of pause. And he said, you mean the, the company that's on Grand Turismo? <laughs> Again, yeah, because yeah. he's the same generation, um, understands what that is, what they do. So from then it, it became quite apparent to him that this really was a brand that he could maybe approach to take to Thailand. So I got in touch with, um, with Estonia Roof and introduced myself, explained, um, you know, what we do, what, what the project is about, um, in Thailand. And she just said she'd be interested. And, um, yeah, we, we, we kind of ended up setting up Roof in Thailand as well. And then the relationship really grew from there. Mm. So again, it, it was really trying to establish that business in Thailand it wasn't my business. It was a business partner's business. Um, we were helping to manage things for them because at times as well, there was a little bit of a language barrier where the guys in Germany, they, they speak great English, but sometimes certain things would get lost in translation where I was used to dealing with this guy in Thailand and he, maybe his ways and then explaining to them, look, this is maybe what he means. Um, and really, Roof had uh, a partner in the UK then that they're working closely with. And again, we didn't, we, 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 we didn't want to tread on any toes or anything. We had the odd inquiry that we were just 
forward onto the factory, um, kept an eye on what Riff were doing. Every year we would go to Geneva still, say hi to the guys. Um, if we had somebody that approached us, we're quite happy to just forward them onto the factory. Um, and Roof in the UK, um, they stopped they stopped working with the people they're working with um, 2014 or 15. Mm. And fast forward to 2016 and Roof really hit Geneva in a big way. They had, um, you might remember a blue carbon 964 called the Ultimate. And they had uh, a red uh, extended wheelbase 964 called the SCR 4.2. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, they were. They, they were. Basically, was it like a light sort of pale blue? Yeah, it, yeah. a bit like this. Um, this cable on here. Yeah, like a like a Riviera Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were blown away, really, with what what they were doing. Um, because again, this this nine six four was all carbon skin, and the SCR had a a, a longer uh, chassis, and for reasons you know, I, I'm not a technical guy, but. Mm. When Alois was explaining to us why they were doing it, I could then understand. You're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And we we kind of, we came away from the show and again, we were still in touch with Estonia and Alois and uh, really we we kind of all between us came up with the idea that we would we would essentially start running Roof for Them in the UK um, because we have the, the close connection. We understand how they work in Germany. We're used to it now for, yeah. you know, 10, 11 years. Um so yeah, Roof UK was born in 2016. Um, at first, we just had the website, trying to gauge what level of interest there is in Roof in the UK. Where's it? You know, what what kind of clients does it attract? And it, we had a really really positive start because the the press here, the motoring press, really picked up on this Roof story. Um, and they they all wanted to talk to us and they wanted to get yeah. involved and they they're very supportive of what we're trying to do. Um, even today, we're, we're quite fortunate. I mean, a lot of the, the magazines will, will pick up the phone and they're always on the phone to my dad, Richard, and they're asking him, you know, can, can, we, can we just come and talk about you guys again? You know, yeah, yeah. We, we love talking to you guys about, about these cars because they're so special. Um, and today, really, now 2019, um, we're entering our third year. Uh, we've got the facility near Gatwick. Um, for where we are today for secure storage with our own cars, customer cars. Uh, we don't do any conversion work in the UK. The cars have to go back to the factory. We can do some light modifications like cosmetics and wheels and uh, parts and accessories, which you can buy on the, the website um, from the store. Um, but yeah, really any any real heavy duty work must always be done at Pfaffenhausen. Um, and that is really because of quality control, because it's, anybody could kind of stop buying 911s and put in yeah. bits and pieces on, but are you going to be able to keep that kind of high standard that Alois Roof and Estonia and the team expect from their their product? Yeah, because I remember you've told me in the past of, I think it was like the original Yellowbird maybe, and it had gone to, it's like some the guy, whoever was doing the tyres, it's like Michelin or right, Pirelli yeah. or someone. Yeah. You know? Michelin, uh, uh, they, they tend to I think you were saying the, the test drivers <clears throat> got hold of it and normally they're like, come back in and they're like, oh, everything's like, you know, extra strong, extra strong. And they were just, just about handed back the keys and like, yeah, just good. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> and that, that, is, that is actually what happens because they, Alois, even now with the, the new CTR is, 
he will not let the car go until everything is absolutely as he expects it to be. Yeah. And it's nice because I think really when somebody's spending the kind of money that these cars cost, even if you just want a conversion, it has to be right. It has to be yes. right. And okay. I mean, for a small business, you can't always get things right. But I think as long as your intention is there to make sure you are going to deliver and say, okay, you know, we've done our best. We believe this is the best we can do. Then I think that's good enough in most people's eyes. But Alois, he is, um, he's a bit of a, uh, an anglophile anyway and i know he for example he likes rolls royce and he likes what lord march and, and bmw and yeah. rolls royce have, have done down at goodwood um and he is a, a keen eye for the the quality control at rolls royce the way they really i mean i don't know if you've been down there, i haven't been around you you really should um speak to them and just ask for a factory yeah, yeah. tour because when, when you see really what goes into the final finishing of the car that again is this look everything has got to be everything has got to be right mm. and okay i think with R- roof is a much smaller outfit than rolls royce they don't have the same number of employees that can you know keep yeah, going yeah. around these cars every single day but they try and follow certain principles that when you're selling something that is prestige or or, or, or rare or collectible that really you know you, you have to follow that kind of pattern you can't just say oh that's this is like renault that's good enough it's not (laughs) and it's got massive panel gaps and things aren't working yeah because up until fairly recently Mm. roof were taking porsche production models and then completely that's correct redoing them yeah and then that do they are they still doing that or have they changed well now that would be a conversion Okay. Okay. So, for example, if you took your, you, you haven't got any n- newer Porsches at the moment, have you? You've got your, your G3 Ford, RS. You've got your, your RS, sorry. But yeah. nothing, no, 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 no one or anything like that. No. So, for example, if, if you bought us a, a Carrera and you just said, look, I wanted an engine overhaul and some cosmetic upgrades and whatever, there isn't actually a roof um, 991 based model that they build anymore today. Right. They could, they could probably build you like a, just a skunk works kind of, random yeah. project which you could probably you could ask them to name whatever you wanted to um but yeah it, it's more now okay with the the new cars so geneva 2017 was the ctr and last year was the scr um the natural aspirated car um these are based on the new roof carbon top which really tells you about the the direction of the company and, and really their plans, they will have essentially two divisions. So new car um, production, and that'll be based on their own tub. Um, these first two cars are early days. You know, I mean, they've, they've, they've got, they've got big plans for yeah. what they want to do with the tub. Um, but they'll still be operating the conversion and restoration side of the business, which they've always been famous for anyway. Yeah. Because you'll still have guys, I mean, we have guys every month that call us and say, look, I've got a 993 or I've got a 964 and, you know, I have this car and, and what, you know, I've got a budget of 100,000 or 200,000. What, yeah. what can I have? Um, you'll always have those guys. But for Ruff as a business, I think what, what they've realized now and I think what a lot of people are realizing is that as Porsche start implementing more and more technology into these newer cars and more of it just becomes less um, analog and more digital, yeah. it's so much harder to work on on them as a third party. So even as service centers and stuff will find here, the independent guys, 
is, well, how will they be able to work with this stuff, especially if Porsche won't release the yeah. software and, basically and have the, to like hack it. the diagnostics and yeah. Yeah, whatever, which of course, eventually people will get into it. But the cars, the cars now, I mean, I don't know if really they're as durable as they were 20, 30 years ago in a sense that the older cars you can work on yourself pretty much yeah. whereas now it's like unless you have a team of like you have mechanics the right laptop on the right, and yeah and you've got a connection to porsche gb or or the factory you're not going to be able to diagnose a lot of these problems yeah like i've even small things like if you change the brake pads mm. like i had the brake badge brake badge change on my gt3 yeah. and once you've done that you have to clear like sometimes you have to clear codes mm. In the, but you need to plug something in to do that. Mm. Like you have to ha- either have a little OBD device or whatever yeah. to sort of get it. Re- even like I've done yeah, the stuff uh, and get it P-Wiz, back. Isn't that Porsche Pewis system? I think something like that. So, I'm I, not sure. I'm, I'm sure it's called Pewis. It was anyway. It was Pewis before. So so now Roof went from they're now fundamentally or basically making the SCR. Yeah. And what's the other one called? Yes. So. Production is now starting on the CTR. So the car from 2017. Okay. So that is the, the recreation of the original yellow bird, the 1987 car. Yeah. If you haven't seen that video. Yes. You need go to go check it out. You need to watch it with Stefan. Best no, no ring lap ever. <laughs> it's basically a, a video of insane drifting. Um, but that was the 30th anniversary. Mm. And it's funny because I didn't realize in 2016 when I was at Geneva exactly what Riff were trying to do. But then when I saw the new car in 2017, spoke to Alois, and then I finally understood, okay, the carbon body, the different wheelbase was the, the essentially the blueprint for what they were trying to yeah. do with the carbon top. was almost like a, a preview of what was coming. People... Nobody, nobody put it together. Really, yeah. nobody, nobody saw that. No, coming. I didn't I see that coming. When, when the CTR was there, and Dad and I arrived at Geneva, we were just like, "What the hell? You know, this is yeah. amazing. This, this really is amazing." But, yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen this car, Google it. It's the yeah the roof CTR, yeah. the, the current one, twenty seventeen, yeah, twenty eighteen. CTR, it's the, yellow. The current, the current name that roof are using is CTR twenty seventeen. Some of the press are calling it CTR four. Or if you just put in new CTR, I guess yeah. it will come up. Um, and it's essentially, if you've seen it, it looks uncannily like the, an old car, yeah. but the it's it's got a bit bigger, but it still look bigger. it still kind of it. It was it was it was the car of the show for me that year, definitely um, as being a Porsche a nut and stuff. Said that, yeah, but like speaking to a lot of people everyone was like yeah there was a lot of other stuff that came out at that show like big name stuff mm. but everyone was like have you seen that roof have you seen that roof i'm trying to think 2017 was the piece at the show probably or 488 Spire, probably i can't remember probably there, there were some i think the piece was there there was the gt3 the updated gt3 new gt3 because i remember GTRS. talking to you about the, the gt3 the man the new manual gents yes um, I remember we were talking about that. Um, but there, there were some like big hitting cars. And there's obviously all the stuff like Koenigseggs and whatever yeah, they, the that you could see, yeah. like not necessarily just released, but like you're walking around this mm. room and there's loads of stuff and mm. just drawn to this little yellow thing. Yeah, it, it, it's a pretty car, you know, and I think it's it's kind of... Yeah. Maybe people would expect it from Roof, but as a general like car enthusiast walking around that show and looking at 
all of the different cars, all of the different brands, then seeing this kind of really, I guess it's like retro, modern retro, yeah. in little little yellow car, it's kind of like, oh, that's 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 really pretty. And it's, <laughs> it's different. But yeah. so many people are coming on to stand saying, wow, what is this? You know, even though obviously it just looks like it. And it, it sort of does that thing that like the right Porsches do where it looks, it's like a good looking car mm. that's not, in your face but then you look at it from like some angles like from the back yeah. or whatever and you go no this means it also means business like. mm. yeah and i think that's the that's the thing it, it's like a uh a wolf in sheep's clothing yeah it's, it, i mean roof cars are actually the design is always quite tight in a sense that you, you don't look at you might look at this gambala and say well, that's, <laughs> that's quite crazy looking right there's a particularly crazy <laughs> Gambala sitting behind and I guess this. I guess the slant nose as well but then there were slant nose 911s yeah so this so behind us we have a um a roof slant nose what is this what is can you this explain a little bit what it's slant nose BTR slant nose so roof, this is a roof BTR slant nose this is a Gambala avalanche and uh, this actually uses the same engine as the BTR and then in the background there's a CTR2 which is the successor to the Yellow, Yellow bird, bird, the original CTR, and then there's the project car that we're working on, which you can also see on the website, and that that talks a lot about the past division and the kind of upgrades you can do, not yourself, but without spending yeah. a fortune. Do, lot, do lots of people go um, to roof because they know, like, <clears throat> okay, re- really good engineering, yeah, and you're like, oh, I've got a whatever, like, let's say my car gen yeah. 2 gt3s and be like yeah. it's really good but actually can we tweak some stuff yeah and they would do like you know some suspension geometry changes or whatever yeah it, or less so now no we still get it like i have a lot of guys that will phone and they've just got uh, a 3.8 carrera s you know like a yeah. 997 gen 1 or gen 2 and they start asking the questions you know i've got 30,000 euros to spend. What, what can, what can you do? Or what can, what can Ruth do to my car? Um, the thing is, like I would say sometimes like just the cosmetic stuff is okay. If, if you just want, if you just want the effect, if you want, if you just like, say for example, the speed line mm. roof wheels, because they're from an era where, okay, they were different to the traditional roof uh, Porsche turbo wheels or Carrera wheels that are on the cars are giving the car a slightly different look. Um, then, then fine. Um, they can obviously do basic engine upgrades as well to just natural aspirated stuff. Mm. I think it's easier for if, if you've got a turbo based car, because really that's you the can unleash the story. Yeah, is is the the turbocharging side of the the business, which is where I think Alois really kind of found his niche. Um, and I believe actually, Roof launched uh, a turboed Carrera before. Porsche even launched the 911 turbo. Okay. I have to check that. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they were the first people to turbocharge it. I'll have to check yeah. this in this book. You need to talk about Mark's, that. Mark's given me this book, which is uh, by Mark, I don't know how you say it, Bongers, Bongers. Um, and it's Porsche and Roof's sports cars. And it's like the it's, absolute it's up data. To 2000 and, I think mid 2000, so 2005, 2006. Porsche and um, roof. It's models. like all the spec sheets for all the cars, and then a bit of information. Yeah, from what I can just quickly clean. 
So I'll have, I'll <laughs> update my Porsche Geekery. It's a bedtime reading. <laughs> Actually, you can read, because you're going to Australia, aren't you? So you I am. Take it I'll on just take this with me. Yeah. And just, I'm sh- just, just read that. this. Just, just read that. that. You won't need anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Sit on the beach Actually, and read that. No, your, your GT3. See, like your GT3 won't be in this. Oh, no. But your classic number will be. Oh, well, yeah. yeah so well. maybe you'll, you'll find something. I'm interested to see what Riff products came out around the similar... Yeah. So what time? Did, what? When did Roof start? Uh, 1939. The company. Oh wow. Goes back to 1939. That is a long Auto time. Auto Roof. Um, and again, it was a, um, an auto repair center. Um, and this the story really. In fact, if you, I shouldn't be plugging somebody else's podcast, but if you listen to the Smoking Tire podcast with Matt Farrow. Yeah, Alois was on there. Alois Roof was on there last August, I think. He went out to the States, I think for Monterey week. Yeah. Um, and he actually goes into detail about him, his father starting the business and how they happened to find um, this, well, they, they saw this, this accident and they helped the guy and they fixed his car and then they ended up buying the car from the guy. And the, the whole kind of roof story, the, the association with Porsche really then started. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the company can trace its roots back to then. Mm. The tuning side of it started in the uh, 70s with the original SCR, um, 78. So again, that's why they they had the um, new SCR at the the show last year, because then that was 40 years of SCR. So a lot of people always think that the CTR was the first roof, but Mm. it wasn't. It was just the first popular one that everyone heard about. It was the first one really that, I think, again, as you said, if with the, the fascination Nürburgring video, it was almost like the first form of the way something goes viral on social media now, it's, it was almost like people trying to obtain this, this video cassette, <laughs> yeah. VHS, because they wanted to see this car, this like mythical car that yeah. was kind of being driven around the Nürburgring by this guy in his slippers. Like, There's something I, I slightly miss now about that. It's like, okay, I was not the sort of person that would yeah. be hunting around for VHSs yeah. of cars at the time. But yeah, the fact that it was like really tricky to get hold of. Whereas now you're just like, oh, beep, beep, beep on my phone. You watch it and you're like, yeah, that was cool. Um, but every, everything next is video. easy now, isn't it? I mean, even when you think back to when we were kids, um, okay, there was Top Gear. Um, there was one on Channel 5, Fifth Gear. Fifth Gear. Um, there was obviously the most impressed anyway. So things like autocar and whatever. Yeah, and I guess Evo started out around then as well. Maybe Evo's older than that, but the, that was the only way really we had access to finding yeah. out about these cars. But now I think with guys like Shmee, um, James, that you can kind of look on their, their channels and they go into so much depth, even yourself, obviously, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like not that much, but yeah. yeah. But I know, I know that you've done it for example. Um, you you really now become like immersed into the thing. It's going to be interesting to see where it, it kind of just goes next. Yeah, because I think when it was just magazines and stuff mm. like that, um, I I wasn't like super nerdy into cars at that point in time. I think I my sort of nerdiness started when I really started taking photos of, yeah. and then I started distinguishing between models and generations and whatever. But up until that point, I would get some car magazines every now and then and it was just like, it was like a stats game. Yeah. 
like you knew all the stats of yeah, all the cars yeah. like top trumps yeah. yeah um but then once you start seeing content with people living with cars or doing stuff with interesting with them or whatever yeah. you get so much more of a overall picture of of an ownership what an ownership experience might be like yeah. of these cars yeah you're right rather than just it's quick yeah definitely i think if if you've grown up with maybe a dad or parents sorry they're into cars yeah or maybe even you know family in general and you, you've had access to something that is a bit special or even if it was just like a like an m division bmw or yeah. an rs audi or something it quite often is the kind of the gateway drug you know yeah. into cars is having that kind of experience that one experience that then makes you think you know one day when i grow up i'm gonna have one of those or yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna have that that, that car you have a, a, a post on your wall when you- I um a very rare thing is I took the my F40 out yesterday and it's like as you do as you do on the 9th <laughs> of January um and some one of my friends messaged me was like why didn't you tell me you were going to XYZ it's like I just wanted to take the car out go mm. for a drive stop off for some places and mm. whatever and I pulled into a, stopped at a petrol station Fill the car up. Obviously, like once a day, you have to. Um, <laughs> and then the gauges don't really work. Um, <laughs> so you're never really sure when it's empty. When it's empty, it's actually got 50 liters left. Yeah. Um, but I came out of the petrol station and there was two guys like standing around the car. Um, uh, not not to rob they me. King. <laughs> no. They weren't um, like gang. And they, one of the guys, <laughs> I, I had a good chat with them, and one of the guys is like, I, like this is you know, that car that I've had on my wall since well, I had on my wall as yeah, a kid yeah. and sort of thing. And those, those things really resonate with people. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, if that car is the same for me, like, yeah, you know, yeah. there's certain cars you see the generations now will, if you see it on the road, mm. be awesome. And then he sent me, he actually found me afterwards and sent me a message and was like, you know, thanks very much. Yeah, so that, yeah, was, that yeah. was awesome. And those moments really do <laughs> stick. Yeah, I think because, you know, maybe we operate in, in, in a part of the, the, the market that most people don't have access to. And I guess it's, it's a bit like if you're, if you're a, a kid and you love sweets and you work in a sweet shop, right? You, you kind of, after a while, you get a bit sick of sweets or yeah. you just become a bit desensitized to the whole thing. And it's surprising really when sometimes people come here or, or, or you finally, you know, you find the car for somebody that they've, they've always wanted. Mm. And you, you see that kind of like that, like they're almost like awestruck by seeing it and, and it's, it's theirs or they've got access. Yeah. To it. And suddenly it's like, Oh my God, you know, this is, this is real. And I think it's a bit like with the guys with your F40 is it is one of those cars that again, a lot of guys, our generation, um, and older as well that always thought, wow, you know, to have one of those would just be, you know, like my life. That was the done. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's cool. Fortunate enough to have yeah, one. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's split, which is obviously super. It's different, but it is those, those sorts of moments, like whether I now, as time goes on, start seeing, I've had some amazing driving experiences in stuff, like not amazing cars. Yeah. Like, uh, like things that you know by all when we're talking about these sorts of cars yeah. just aren't that crazy yeah uh like yesterday i did a sort of re- handling experience type thing to try and improve my driving at Bruntingthorpe 
Cool. And I was in an M- uh, Mark III MX-5. Okay. Like, yeah. And had an absolute great hand whale cars, yeah. of a time. Like, It's a bit like uh, the catering track days you can do at places like Brands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they, they teach you so much, you know, from a, a kind of basic rear-wheel drive, lightweight, stick shift. Yeah. And, and again, they don't, they don't have like massive engines. They don't have no. three, 400, 500, 600 brake horsepower. It's just, it's more about learning basic car control um, and, and the way you can really, you know, learn, learn these things. And then I think when you go up to that next level, say you're Horace, for example, you're yeah. not going to like smash it into a tree. I mean, you still well, yeah. might. You might, you but might because you, because I think likely, yeah. people crash cars, cars really sort of crash themselves unless they're yeah. Teslas or whatever. <laughs> but it is always, you know, 90% of the time down to the, the driver experience. And I think really it would be good if in the UK, maybe people, more people could do these advanced driving type of courses where I think before they go and buy these types of cars, they, they had like a, a, a real tuition. Yeah. And if, um, if you join, there's a couple of clubs you can yeah. join that you pay X amount a year yeah. and you get 10 weekends yeah. driving their fleet of cars or, yeah. you know, whatever, five days or whatever like it is. Car hire clubs? Yeah, where you sort of, you know, they, they might have supercars or I don't, I don't know whether this, I've never seen some that are in like picture that middle kind of like, yeah, okay. M, like cool cars that aren't, supercars type yeah. thing which actually i would be quite i'd be kind of keen for maybe you should where, set that up well, it's not something i necessarily want <laughs> to devote time to but i would <laughs> get like a really bunch cool of like e46 m3 yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and CSL. just like csl and yeah. all that sort of stuff um just because i'd love to drive there's there's places um there's that car club manhattan which okay. you see in the states it's like yeah. they they've got all that sort of stuff but I can't remember where I was going with this. Absolutely no idea. No, but going back to, to people being able to maybe experience something yes. that's oh, yeah. so kind of extreme. So yeah, like the fact that now you can b- walk into a dealership, mm. like you can walk into Ferrari, mm. you can buy a 488 mm. with nothing other than your normal license. It's not even like, like if you have a motorbike, you can't do that. You have no. to do like an advanced yep. course or wait two years of driving. Mm. Um, like I try to, in my sort of ownership experience, like slowly build up yeah. rear wheel drive and confidence, horsepower and, and yeah, confidence yeah. and stuff like that before going crazy. But like you can walk into, if you've got the money, you can mm. buy a heavily turbocharged, lightweight rear wheel drive yeah. manual car. Well, there, there was a lot of coverage, I think, in the media, especially in China, where they had issues where young, well, not just young, but wealthy individuals sort of buying these cars with you know, like Bugattis and stuff yeah. and just binning them straight away because they had no idea. You know, they've gone from yeah. sort of nothing to then owning something which pretty much, you know, nobody gets to own anyway. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, I'm just going to put my foot to the floor and see what happens. Of course, you're pretty much <laughs> going to die if you don't know what. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. And at least, you know, there's one benefit of modern cars is we have so much AIDS. Mm. Um Driver aids, you mean? Driver aids, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, driver aids, so yeah. that you can, um, you, you they look after you. Yeah, but and it is important. I do think almost the that flickering traction control light doesn't flicker anymore. Like right. when cars are doing stuff and they don't tell you they're doing mm-hmm. the stuff, so a lot of people get to the point where they, they turn it off and then boom, 
Yeah. They're gone. Well, like the, the AMG Mercs, I mean, they're, yeah. they're an interesting one, actually, aren't they? Because a lot of the, the, C, the, the 63s and stuff, you know, even with all the traction systems on, you, you plant your foot to the floor and they're still spinning up. And yeah, yeah. Because they have so much power going through those rear wheels that they just can't put the power down. Yeah, I think uh, I watched a, a Chris Harris video the other day and it was the the, the Pista, mm. so the new 488 Pista. Mm. And I mean, one of the things he was talking about was the slight almost pointlessness yeah. of cars like that because they're kind of designed for the track. Mm but they're, they're too expensive to drive mm. on the track. But he was saying we're sort of getting to the era now where power numbers are starting to get ludicrously over what tyres can handle. Yeah, so a bit true. like yeah, yeah. sort of 40, 50 years yeah. ago where tyres were rubbish. It is and true. like these cars, yeah, like the Yellowbird or whatever, just had so much more power than we had grip. We're getting to that again. I think that, that is the main issue, isn't it? Is, okay, well, let's say you, you, you want to build a car and it's got... 2,000 brake horsepower, which I'm sure is the next benchmark. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, really how useful. Do you, how do you translate that to actual output through the tarmac? And, you know, you've you got to remember as well, the rims themselves will spin in the tyre. Yeah. You know, there's so, there's so many problems, which, again, funny enough, um, or interesting enough, I've, I've spoken to Alois about this because we quite often have people that say, hey, I've got a... A 997 turbo, and I want a thousand brake horsepower. And Alois just will say to me, We won't do it. You can do it, but we won't do it because it doesn't make sense. There's, there's nowhere really you can, you know, unless you're on a drag strip where With you can like utilize it. Yeah. And then you've got to have the right tires, you've got to have the right temperature, you've got to have the right driver. Because again, if it's a, okay, if it's a PDK or if it's a, a Porsche Tiptronic, you'll probably just blow up the gearbox. Yeah. If, it's, if it's a manual, then you need someone that's going to be able to they get can really launch it. Yeah, exactly. Because quite often people will say to us, what's the Nord to 60 on the new CTR? And again, I'll ask the factory and they will just say, how good are you at driving, Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like, well, and also like, <laughs> how much do you, are you willing to lose a clutch? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's another thing is, is okay, if, if you're Chris Harris or, or Stig or whoever that is, yeah. is like, these guys and professional racing drivers, obviously they they are, these guys are kind of home to get 99% of the performance out of the car. But for, for most guys that are even co- fairly competent at driving performance, yeah. cars, we're only going to see sort of 40, 50% of that because you're probably then even going to be too scared to take your pista yeah. that you've just spent 300,000 pounds on to Silverstone. Yeah. Because you're thinking, what if you're going well, to gravel? That's yeah, expensive. And, and, and again, now as well, I think, because a lot of people are buying these cars purely as investments or, or, or to, to try and put yeah. them on. These cars aren't going to see racetracks. They're not, no. you know, now they might as well just, you know, if you have the money, you might as well just join the Ferrari um, program. The, yeah. The, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Corsa Cliente. Yeah, Corsa Cliente. Um, and do these things because then at least it's like, okay, well, I've got a car that I just take on the track and I can, I can, I can be part of a racing series um, without damaging like my pride and joy at home. Yeah. Obviously these cars are still expensive to fix if you crash them, which I'm sure a lot of these guys will, will yeah. tell you about, but um, that's not really an issue for them. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's not me doing You're it. You're accepting <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. X costs. Um, I've, I keep flip-flopping like all the way through um, selling all my cars 
and just having like two cars <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of really comfy chilled out daily and then a sports car that gets used for everything like so goes to the track when, but, when you say comfy chilled out daily what would you have so at the moment i'm driving a bmw 760 li um i probably wouldn't buy that car no. um not because it's not a good car but you because should, it's the you should pay full list price <laughs> <for> that car. <laughs> but because it, it's the uh, it's like the extended long wheelbase it's got the executive seats in the back like if i had a driver i would 100 percent look at those cars and see which one but i've had it for a week and it does the motorway and town like cruising yeah really well um do you want to give it back? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Like I'm, <laughs> the only problem is I don't really have anywhere to park it. Yeah, it's a big car. Um, and I don't like I don't have a space that it will mm. fit in. It definitely, if I put it in my garage, I think half the car would still be outside on the street. Does it have that smart key? You know, with the yes. So I'll show you later. You can like reverse it. It yeah, will reverse can, itself. You can kind of, but it, it will only go forwards and backwards, right? It won't. So, so, so with the key. Um, it looks, it has like a digital display on it. Yeah. There's two keys. So one looks like a normal key and yeah. one's this. And you, uh, you unlock it and you can do a few things on the key, like turn on yeah. the ventilation in the car and sort of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but then you can hold down this button and it will move itself forwards mm. and backwards. Mm. Um, it has sensors all around, like 360 degrees. So it won't actually drive into anything. Okay. I tested this by standing behind it rather than just trying to reverse it into a wall. Um, <laughs> but this, I, the only the time when this might be useful is you've parked in a parking space and someone's parked super close mm, next to you. Mm. Yeah, actually, no, because these cars are so wide. Yeah. And obviously the bays are not getting any yeah, the, wider. The car's about as wide as the yeah. bay. Actually, that's a good idea, isn't it? Um, and I have used yeah. it. Uh, another time I, I was driving through this super narrow arch mm. and I wasn't sure whether I was going to just like hit the wall. So I was like, okay, well actually I can just get out of the car. You got out of the car. Look from the front and was like, <laughs> I'll just drive it forward so like, through this gap. Well, you know, like when you go through places like Greenwich and they have the... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't there, but <laughs> it was like... It was like it, a queue of traffic behind <laughs> the guy just saying like, mate... It was in like a private parking area. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm just getting my phone out to reverse my car down the street. But actually, that is a good idea, isn't it? I didn't, I didn't think of that. Like that, that might be why. So yeah, of course, if you've got a garage, maybe that's not yeah. big enough. Yeah, so a big one is that if you've got... Yeah, you've yeah. got a garage and you might not be able to get out or for example... Uh, near me you know you've got parking bays up against yeah. a wall and it makes sense to park mm. driver's di- driver's side away mm. from the wall mm, mm. so that you can get as close to the mm. wall as possible all that's those sorts point. of things where you just may not have room to open the doors yeah that is a good point actually um, but yeah I don't really know I, 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 I say this and then I've in the last two weeks made an effort to drive yeah some of the cars like so I drove went and drove the Ferrari I, that's freezing cold now I thought about selling it <laughs> that was tea and I drove it I took it out on two two often two days and I'm, I'm not selling it anytime soon mm. it's it's just a different it's a mega experience and the the turbocharging part of it really adds to the experience on the road so I'm normally quite a naturally aspirated person sort of well, generally, I breathe and stuff. Well, it's the franticness, but, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's that kind of sudden, of, you know, it's like... It's like, the, but also, you know, like, with a naturally aspirated car, you've got to be really on it, like, yeah. to feel the car being alive yeah. and whatever, because you don't get 
like a mid-range mm. punch. Whereas if you've got a heavily turbocharged car, mm. you get nothing, nothing, and then you get that boost, but it's yeah. only at like 3,000, 4,000 revs. Yeah. So you're not necessarily like super on it, creating all the noise. It's just... And then you have tire spin up, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. all that hilarious stuff. It's funny because um, uh, last last March or last February, actually, before I went to Geneva again, mm. we we tried to go to Pfaffenhausen to the to the factory to roof um, to have like a pre Geneva kind of briefing about. Okay, yeah. Well, this is what we're going to have there this year. Um, these are the tech specs of the cars, so that. You know, we we have that information, so we kind of. Do you not? Did you turn up at Geneva before and be like, "Oh, I didn't know about a new the CTR. Car. <laughs> I didn't know about the CTR. I knew about the SCR. Yeah. Um, the CTR. They wanted to just keep it completely, kind of like nobody knew until which I think great. the night before. Yeah. Which is brilliant. I mean, useful if you have the information, but other than that. Yeah, I mean, I was briefed pretty quickly when I yeah, got yeah. it was kind of like okay Mark this is the car this is kind of everything you need to know this is the price this yeah. is how many we're building. And they're pretty much all sold out by then anyway, by the time they'd sold me. <laughs> yeah, so how many have they sold? 30. 30 cars. They're not doing, they're not doing like 30 manual, 30 automatic no. or anything like that. 30. All, all basically one drivetrain. So the same yeah. engine and gearbox. Um, they looked at PDK. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe maybe at some point they, they might yeah. build something like that that has a PDK box. I'm sure they will. Because there are a lot of people there are people that will buy it. That ask for it, especially I think even we found for us um, customers in in Asia or the Middle East that maybe not so much the Middle East, but in Asia that they kind of if they live in somewhere like Hong Kong, where or, or, or even worse Bangkok, where the traffic is just unbelievable. Yeah, they don't want a manual car. No, even though they want that experience, they then say, "I want to be able to just stick the thing in drive and just not worry about it, yeah. but still be in my." 9-11 yeah. or whatever. Um, but sorry, going back to what I was going to talk about before, uh, Mr. Ruff Alois took me out in the prototype CTR uh, last February. And in fact, I said to him then that it, it reminded me of an F40 in the cabin. It was mm. the noise. You know the noise, okay, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the spool you get from yeah, yeah, yeah. the turbos in the F40. That they sort of engineer out on modern cars. It's so raw. And again, You'll find in this car, eventually when you get to drive one, you'll you'll have that same experience. Um, okay, I mean in the prototype car, there's a lot of bare carbon, um, and maybe there's less sound deadening. But I'm pretty sure if you said to the the team, I don't want, I don't this, want, yeah, all the they're stuff. quite happily built like, for you. But it yeah. would be like you're gonna probably need to wear. Yeah. earmuffs like the whole time but it would just be so loud yeah. and it, it really was I mean the car was fantastic it really was brilliant but um, it's going to be interesting to see we have a lot of people waiting for the SCR engine now to see okay when that's finally ready for show yeah because um, so the SCR is the natural aspirated natural version aspirated, of the same yeah. car base, yes basically yes. Um, so it's uh the the plan is again that it's it's kind of it follows the same concept as a CTR but it's it's non turbocharged. Mm. Um, they're not using Porsche parts anymore. I think Alois said the only thing it's the same is maybe the windscreen. So um, they're completely their own block and everything. Yes. From the engine yeah. Yeah. Now it is it's it's a Mezga derived engine, um, but again it's it's 
it's rough now saying we want to be, yeah. it's not that obviously they have an issue with Porsche. It's just that the, the companies are going in massively different directions. Yeah. It's like Porsche, um, like Lamborghini with this uh, Huracan Evo now. They're all, I feel, trying to keep up with companies like McLaren that are kind of so, like McLaren are, are basically, the only thing they, they seem to care about is this kind of, okay, it must be, the cars, the cars are so digital, mm. you know, they're not, they're not analog cars. They're not like, what, what I mean by that is, okay, it's, it's a very different experience to driving a manual rear wheel drive, oh, naturally yeah, yeah, aspirated. Yeah. Okay. It's like the latest tech. Yes. Exactly. What's available right now exactly, boom, in a car. Exactly. It's more like, um, did you ever drive the, uh, Nissan GTR when it first came out? No. I've been in one, but I, I haven't driven one. Okay. Well, that. That was kind of the first car that I drove that genuinely thought, thought this is like driving a computer game. Yeah. That makes sense. Which is again, a bit like a McLaren in a way that that that's my experience really with that kind of car. Yeah. And now I'm sort of wondering if maybe Porsche with the 992, we'll see what the turbo is like. Yeah. The, um, McLaren, the, the uh, other turbo in the yeah, yeah. <laughs> McLaren uh, Lamborghini with the Huracan Evo again. The, the, I haven't actually studied the specs. About the Evo that. is is it's the facelift of the Huracan. Yeah, the, the, um, essentially, but they call it the Evo because they've changed the the aero works of the car and blah blah blah. Yeah, okay, but <laughs> but I didn't study it too much. Yeah, again, because I feel that they're kind of they're all moving away from this kind of purist yeah. thing and it's just becoming really digital. Like a Lamborghini is a kind of raw It should be machine. raw in your that face. That noise you get with a Lambo, you don't really, you know, they're so distinctive. And let's hope they don't start moving away from those um, V10s because yeah. they are fantastic. I mean, the noise they make. That's why you buy that car. Like, it is. It, it's it is. super aggressive yeah. looking. Hurricane's a really good looking car, especially yeah. in the sort of the later, more yeah. tracky version yeah. type. But, and then the engine is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, and it's just that with, with, um, with something like a McLaren and even I think the new Ferrari engines now, and even the nine, the, the base 911, um, they're kind of, they're losing the noise, you know, the, the rawness. Yeah, but it's 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 that thing of people are starting to buy these cars to use. Well, yeah, most people that buy these cars As use them to sort of not necessarily daily, but some, you know, some people daily, but yeah, yeah, but to drive around in their daily yeah. business. And actually, they want it. To they be want more, more refinement, yeah. and they want that luxury feeling. Yeah. So better sound deadening. You yeah. want the, the tech. Like yeah. if I was buying a, I don't think I would buy a. M- super modern 911 like current whatever the current thing is going to be whatever 992 992 992 yep. gt3 or something as a sure? i would buy one yeah i mean i, I would buy one <laughs> but like, but like no no what i was about to say is yeah i don't think i'm going to buy one and expect it to be the the ultimate engaging raw no. experience because yep. they're getting less engaged like I was talking to someone about they're this more capable, yesterday. They're, they're way more, more capable, capable as a machine, like, as a driving machine. As a tool, on track, but, they yeah. are better cars, yeah. but almost like that 997, the, mm. as you go older, they get more engaging. Yeah, yeah. But then it's, you know, it's where does that fit yeah. in your own psyche of what sort of amount of rawness 
I really you like want. the 997 RS. 997. Even the, the Gen 1s and Gen 2s, both. I, I just really like them. They're, they're Mezger engines. Yeah. They're just kind of, I think they're sort of that, that, Right balance. For me, that sort of right balance at the moment of like and, technology. And yeah, you can yeah. still plug your phone in. You can yeah. still get sat nav. They're not, still not refined well, enough. Yeah, that PCM system's a bit like it's it's okay <laughs> in the Gen two. Um, yeah, actually, in the Gen two, it's not so bad. If you have the current whatever the latest yeah, PCM three or something, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's cars are getting more. They're just getting. They're just getting just, better and yeah, everything. They they are more competent as a daily drive. Um, but also the issues are going to arise. Okay. For example, your new 760 LIM sport. Yeah. 160,000 pound car. 143,000 pounds with options. I mean, can, in it. Okay. Can you imagine what the hell that's going to be like when that's out of warranty and how much it's going to be worth? Because yeah. when things start to go wrong on that, but will they go wrong? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, they're not making these cars to last for 30 years, Sam. Yeah, true. They're not, you know, they, they, because otherwise you just wouldn't buy a new car. That is the thing, like, trick suspension, yeah. all the computer stuff, when that starts to go wrong, like, you might just have an alarm yeah. that just starts going off randomly and mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do stops. other than completely rewire, the, rewire the car. Your neighbours hate you. Um, Set fire to your car. But, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, like cars that people buy for day-to-day like stuff. Okay, well, in twenty years, it's going to be like a nightmare. I, th- I actually think what will become more interesting is okay. So if you take Mercedes for example, is uh, you tend to find obviously what technology they have in the S class finds its way down. To, yeah, right down to the A class now, and I think maybe the the smaller cars like the city cars is what how, how much more user friendly are they going to become? You know, like, are they going to be um, more reliable? Are they going to become more like smaller luxury cars? Um, obviously, you have, I mean, like Aston tried it, I think, with the Signet, but they had to do yeah. it for some sort of emissions or whatever yeah. EU thing to get, get around. I want more manufacturers to do that. Like, like a luxury version. To do the, like, the driving around in the 7 Series yeah. was a really nice experience. Mm. Now, if I could have that experience somehow like a lot of the that in, a Fiat in my in my m2 <laughs> okay yeah yeah okay yeah um like, like a button where you can maybe so for, for number one if i could have the adaptive suspension that mm. went from the level of like plush obviously there's a lot more in it yeah. than just the suspension but in my m2 and then you could ramp it up when you want mm. But I just a small car that has the refinement of the bigger cars. Yeah. That you they, you have to buy the biggest, most ridiculous cars in the range to get the refinement. Yeah. But I want that in a small car. Yeah. But we'll we I think what we'll have is <clears throat> in not too long we'll just have these like driverless bubbles that you get in. That'll be. And there'll be no reason why not to have them like so crap. Like with just yeah, but, the utmost refinement. I I, I know what you mean. You mean, it just, depends where you are. If you're in a t- in a city, why do you London, need to drive? Well, it'd be better than getting a tube, right? Yeah, and it'd be way better <laughs> than getting an Uber. I like Ubers. No, I like Ubers, but like you're relying on a driver. Yeah, and I reckon, like I've had good experience and I've had bad experience. If it was a computer, I would have uniform experience. Mm. So you mean it's just, yeah, but then it it, it almost doesn't become uh, something you. Have to- Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To think about. Yeah. You, I, you just be on your phone. You just press a button and it yeah. pod pulls. I would out. have like my pod or share it with like five of my friends Sounds or whatever. Cool. And <laughs> I'm, you know, I want to go somewhere, I press a button, it's been yeah. charging itself somewhere, parked cheap in underground, whatever. It will come, take me somewhere, go and park itself and then you come pick call you up. An iPod. You can call it an iPod. Because you can, obviously that would be, <laughs> that'd be taken. <laughs> Maybe you should try and patent your idea and um, see where it goes in a hundred years time. <laughs> 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 but I, I think, um, going back to what I was saying is sometimes now I, I feel that a, a lot of these, okay, take, take the center, for example, mm-hmm. obviously it's um, an extremely capable car. Like it, it really is. It's one of the fastest cars or if not the Bonkers, fastest car yeah. you can buy at the moment. Um, the design really is love hate. You know, it's, it's the first one. I mean, 720s. I feel example. like it's more like hate, hate, love. Okay, yeah. So it, I, th- I feel like it's the first one. I mean, 720s was also quite divisive because people yeah. were really unsure. In fact, 2016 was when the 720s was on the McLaren side. Right, yeah. And I remember we were talking about it. Um, and again, with those kind of like eye socket headlights, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm not sure. Because they'd gone from the MP4 and the 650, which were fairly conservative. Yeah, They're almost like, like very smooth kind yeah, of it, shapes. It, and- yeah. And the P1, which amazing is, looking. I love the P1. Yeah, it's still one of my favourite cars. Um, to this kind of sort of space age looking stuff, and then the Senna, which I think for a lot of people was just like, what the hell? This is like, like what a have you done? Car, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it really, it, obviously, there were a lot of memes and stuff at the time, which yeah. I think we were all sending each other. Um, but again, McLaren, their argument was, well, yeah, but this is the fastest car. And, you know. Where? Where is it the fastest yeah. car? Find me somewhere that that is the fastest car. I mean. It's not faster than a rental on the road. <laughs> okay. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is an argument for another day. But the, the, the point is, what about the design, though? Because the design is such an emotional part of when you purchase a car. It's, yeah. You know, it, it's either... Like you look at it and go, like, I like it or <laughs> I don't like it. You look at this one, someone yeah, liked that, it. That's another <laughs> type. But, you know, actually, this car gets a lot of fan mail. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Um, We're pointing at the Gembala, Gembala Avalanche thing. Um, but, yeah, again, it, 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 it's like the people... When, you, when you're buying a car, what are the reasons you really want to buy a car? Now, let's say it's not your daily driver. It's not, 
your car. It's not a car you need. Be bothered about leaving at the station. You're not going to, you're not going to buy a McLaren Senna to do your morning commute. Is you're going to buy a McLaren Senna because it, it's your kind of like halo piece. It's your collectible. Or it's your, it's your ultimate toy. Now, if for me, if if it was a choice between a Senna and a P1, I'd be just saying P1 because I can look at a P1 and say it's fantastic. To me, it's yeah. a great looking car. Now, it might be that out of ten people, three people look at it and say it's bloody horrible. Yeah, I'd rather have a LaFerrari. Fine, LaFerrari is also a good looking car. Mm. So is the the 918, but. It is surely part of a, a, a buying process when you're looking at a car. So I can't understand McLaren's logic in saying, forget the design. Yeah. The design is only there to serve a purpose, and that is to make the car go faster. Well, is it? And the thing is, like, really, it, generally over time, it seems like organic design based around nature and whatever. Yeah, like Frank Stevenson, for example. He's like, another one that talks about, like, yeah. If you design around that ethos, generally the performance is pretty yeah. like it's pretty good. Yeah. Obviously, with aero, that you're starting to get crazy ducts and yeah. waves. And if you look well, at like the speed tail, you look example, at like yeah. a modern F1 car, like they're, they're mental. Yeah. But surely you, you'd be like, right, that's okay. This is vaguely, but how about? we just make it look a little like just just like nip and tuck a little bit. Like yeah, I think yeah, if the center was maybe shortened the nose a little bit. And I'm sure that the, you know, the well, engineers like the, would be the like, well, that, that just wouldn't work. The design, yeah, the so design you can, you can I, I think it works better in black. Well, maybe, but I, I just feel that, that it kind of, it hides a lot of the kind of awkward lines. Yeah. Tim's car. So it's yeah. like a light blue and then it's a special dark blue, blue carbon. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, it's the best one I've seen. Okay. And I've seen a few different yeah. sort of spec ones. But he's big into like custom spec, isn't he? Like he, he, he really, um, does he not, does he not with his cars kind of think, okay, I, I, I want mine to be different. To I don't know. I think, I think that, that color for him was like his first, like his first LT was okay. that color. And that was a car that he really like, he really liked. Mm, mm. And then he was, he's gone back to that color scheme for this sort of thing. But yeah, no, I don't know. Um, it's just a funny, it's just a funny looking car, isn't it? Like, and it, for me, looking at a car is as much as driving it is a significant part yeah. of it. Like at the end of the day, when I park it, do you look back at it and go like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I'm not hating on McLaren. No, no, no. My, my dad says that I hate on McLaren. My dad is a massive McLaren fanboy. Okay? Yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I think they make good I'm cars. impartial. They, they do make good cars. Like they, they make extremely capable cars. And they, you know, this, I think the latest sales figures, their sales grew 43% again. They've done, they've, um, they've just done so well in such a short period of time. Yeah. My, my point is just going back to this. Okay. Well, what about the actual design of the car? You know, it, it is part of the, the buying process. It is part of what makes us want to have that in our lives. Mm. Please stop. You know, just thinking it's all about, you know, it's making all the about the performance or whatever. Make it look good, you know, yeah. make it look good. Even if it's a second slower, nobody will care. Just make it look nice. Yeah. So you think, I really want that car. You're, so those kids that are looking at their performance specs of cars now and they've got a poster on their wall. Yeah. I don't see many people having a center on their wall. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, they Maybe might. Not. But Maybe in some countries they might think it's a really good looking car because I guess... For Some example, people like it, so it's fine. Like, yeah. it, and you know, I'm I, I haven't 
ordered one. I haven't bought one. So oh really? So like no difference to <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't make a difference. Like, doesn't, yeah. But you, they're subjective, aren't they? Yeah. Like, car design is subjective. You can look at anything and say that's horrible, but then your best friend might say I love it. Yeah. You know, and but that that's the beauty with with cars anyway is that we all we all have different tastes and we all have different reasons to like a car. Don't forget that when, when you're driving down the road, say for example, you're on the M25 and most of the cars around you are just average cars. Yeah. And they look the same. Yeah. But that's because they're there just to serve a purpose. Yeah. Um, and that's not a problem. We've all got to get from A to B. And especially if you don't want to use public transport and you need a car for whatever reason, then, um, you know, fine, but we we still need these these special cars that make people make you and I and, and love cars dream, yeah, and love cars and say, you know, one day I'm going to own uh, a P1 or I'm going to own you know a, a whatever. Yeah, it, it or I'd matter. love to drive X car on X track or in yeah, down exactly. X road or yeah, whatever. You have that kind of like dream, don't you, of maybe doing driving to Nurburgring and completing a lap yourself without dying or yeah. you know whatever. <laughs> but it is it, you know we've all kind of. Like I did the Amalfi Coast um, last summer. Actually, stuck summer in traffic before. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I had that vision of thinking I'll rent a Ferrari and yeah. do the Amalfi. But someone had said to me before, "Don't bother. Just just drive it, but just do yeah. it." Yeah, you know, amazing scenery. We had a, a five nine five um, Abarth. Yeah, that Abarth. fits right in there. Perfect. Yeah, it was, it was actually brilliant. Like for for that. that did you see loads of old Fair five hundred as well? Yeah, the really cool ones. The really cool ones. Have you seen Chris's one? He's got it at the storage. I, I knew that he. So we got a friend one. that's bought one. Yeah, he was on blue with red. Uh, yeah, he a was previous, on previous podcast uh, runs Mansory UK. Um, but he's bought one. But yeah. I don't know if it runs. Yeah, it's like a drunken <laughs> eBay purchase or something. How long it takes him to get that running? Because he said to me, he's going to use it for commuting into London. Yeah, yeah. So I, just, I can't wait to see Chris in that car. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> sorry do you have um so i'm presuming you're quite a porsche nut or not really or this yes. is a this is a controversial point isn't it because i would just say i'm a bit i'm a car guy like okay so i like do i do i do love porsches um and i think especially now with the roof the roof tie-in for us um having a, a classic 911 as well an sc and getting back into that feel of of driving a lot of these older cars, especially when we've had clients that, that say, can you go and get my 2.7 RS? Can you get this? In fact, a friend of ours recently, Henry, uh, his brother's got a 2.7 RS recreation and he asked yeah. me to drop it back to him in London. And it, it's not roof modified or it, it doesn't have any roof upgrades, but... Just as a driving machine, I think the, the gearbox has been updated. Um, there's a few bits and pieces, tweaks that his brother's made to the car, but it's such a great car to drive. Mm. It's so responsive and it's so fun. And you know as well, it's not... Those classic 911s, they're not big cars. No, they're tiny. They're really not big cars. There's still enough room in the car and you still feel very comfortable. There's like more room than in modern cars. Right, exactly. But of course, we can't... We can't say, oh, let's just go back to that because no. now for safety reasons, the cars are much bigger. And again, it, it, it's like when you look at the 992 and I know there was that classic kind of image of they had an original 911 and a 991 and somebody had done like a size comparison. It was completely, <sighs> out of, I think someone had like yeah, they, they photoshopped it, it yeah. to make it completely ridiculous. But 
if you take a 991 from over there and you park it next to one of these early ones, it is a bigger car. It is a bigger car. Um, and it's not, it's not a problem, but are these com- cars becoming more like GTs now rather yeah. than actual out and out sports cars? And also where, let's say you've got a sports car, yeah. whether it's an old 911, what, whatever, whatever yeah. car it is. Um, if you live in the UK, the place you're going to drive it is probably in country lanes yeah. and small roads and stuff. Mm. And cars have got wider and wider and wider yeah. and wider and wider. And actually like the seven series I'm driving at the moment, like you fill your side of the road pretty much like there's no there's no lateral space you have to basically be perfectly on the line and then your wing mirror is like i mean that, just that is curb. not a car you want to be going down like you are not in you can't you have no play with like where you are in the like if i get yeah. in my old 911 like you can really feel you've got another like, yeah. 50 centimeters yeah. of road that you can like weave about yeah, yeah. in and like mm. all gaps you don't worry about gaps so much someone coming the other way mm-hmm. you're not so worried about it imagine if everyone was in cars that wide how much space there would be on the road you could drive a car down the middle <laughs> i mean in theory it could oh you mean if we were all in the it, if we were all in like well, old yeah, cars people again were, weren't there i mean yeah, 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 in yeah. the 70s and 60s they were people were driving minis no i know like it must have been amazing it must have been great <laughs> <laughs> um but i'm guessing life was quite different right Oh yeah, I mean, lots of stuff changes. Lots of you stuff didn't changes. Have airbags for a start. Yeah. So if you did crash, you like I am very aware driving older stuff that yes, you might be having a well of a time, but like like when I had the Caterham, I had a Caterham three ten R for a bit. Awesome, which was mega fun. Yeah. Like the best thing about those cars, but also kind of the worst thing about those cars. I was talking about someone yesterday. Is like you drive, they make you drive a bit like a hooligan. Like you, that inner demon comes out and you just like, you go around every roundabout twice and like all on it, but you're in something that weighs 500 kilos. Like there's not a lot of safety. If you hit a modern vehicle, you are so screwed. (laughs) It is. And it is something which I think you have to bear in mind when you are driving like the older Porsches and stuff as well is that they, they are fantastically responsive, but not in the same way when it comes to stopping. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't have that kind of, obviously if you had a new 911 and you crashed it, you're going to be upset, but you, you know, nine times out of 10, you're walking out of there and you're totally fine. Yeah. Like you may not, you won't have broken a finger now. Yeah. If you're in a classic 911, I'm sure they were safe cars for the time but yeah. compared to newer cars. Now they're probably, they're probably not. I was talking to one of the mechanics when he was servicing my car. I can't, I can't remember how we talked about it, but it was something we talked about crashing and he was like, yeah, if you crash in this car, you need to lift your legs towards you as you hit this object. And I suddenly was like, what? He's like, yeah, like the front of the car will like fold up through like where your legs are. Like not if you, I think you have to hit something really quite hard for that to happen. But the idea that like your leg space may not exist anymore. Driving modern cars, yeah, like this, you're so protected mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, which is why it's, it is nice having, modern cars that tick a bit of yeah. that old school right, raw is, box is the point of the rough CTR and SCR and why the company is moving in that direction. Um, and it is because there is still a market, a healthy market for enthusiasts that want to drive a real analog field car, have that connection with the car um, that you just really as capable as the new stuff is, you don't get it. 
You know, it's, yeah. it's not the same. It's not. It's, the not. Same. it's not as plug and play. You have to get in here, and it's it's actually an experience in itself. Getting into the car, using more of an old school, key, yeah. starting it up rather than okay, like the seven sixty. You get in, keyless go, press a button. There's cameras everywhere. You know, the car almost yeah. drives itself. It's more okay. This is an experience, like on a cold day. You've got to be aware. You know, like if it's icy, you've got to be really aware. Yeah. There's not going to be anything to help you out, and I think that really is like a lot of what's missing today in the cars. And it's where roof will roof will continue to kind of, they'll continue to do well because they are tapping into that part of the market where they're, they're catering for those guys that want something that still speaks to them on a, on an emotional level um, that you, you maybe don't get with the new stuff. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, they're, they're cool cars. They're a hundred percent. Obviously they're just pricey. Well, yeah, but, but let me know when you want one. And- <laughs> <laughs> but there are, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that have ordered them and uh, yeah. you know, they're well, going to have, have um, it's always, a bit we, jealous. We really enjoy taking people or accompanying people to the factory because they don't know what to expect and they get there and, and they kind of realize that, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't a massive company. Like if you went to Stuttgart to mm. Porsche or if you went to Goodwood to Rolls-Royce, this really is a team of, you know, talented individuals that are passionate about what they're doing. And there's some guys in there that have been in that business since the seventies or with the business since the seventies. And the, the expertise they have with classic nine elevens is second to none. Yeah. Just because that's all they know. And they don't want to go anywhere else. They're very happy there. Yeah. They're, that's, that's for them. It's like they're living their dream life. Um, and it, you know, when, when people, when we take people there and they see it, they're pretty much sold on the idea anyway because they realize that they're buying into this is buying into business. the whole it's, it's, it's historical brand, yeah you know um it's it's special it is special how let's talk about a company i've talked about loads um how yes, does well. how does yeah how does the how does <laughs> singer uh, has do you know okay. has a singer come along yep. relatively new company 2008 was it uh, started Something, something like that. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of, I, I'd say they're, you're not selling that many cars at the moment. So actually like a hundred people buying singers, yeah, it's not they're, really going to, they're exceptionally rare. And, and, and you're talking about companies like Roof that mainly only produce 30 new cars a, a year. It's not, you know, it's like Pagani. I don't know what Pagani's latest sales figures are. Or Koenigsegg, maybe yeah. same again, is when you're building in the tens, you you don't really see a lot of these cars. So for us to have three or four here is quite is quite kind of rare and unique because then you sort of think, oh wow, yeah. okay. And then there's there's more that come and go. Um, but yeah, Singer, fantastic cars. They make beautiful cars. They really, really are stunning. They look amazing. And the new car, um, yeah. I mean, I like it. A lot of people have said to me. They like it, but it's a bit hot, hot rodish, you know? Yeah. Um, the interior is just mega. Yeah. It is amazing. Um, and the difference I think between Singer and Roof, and I understand Singer's reasoning for the Williams tie-in mm. is because, and again, no, no disrespect to them, but you see Roof are a manufacturer and an, an, an engineering a, firm, are an engineering firm, which is quite different to, um, cosmetic uh, modifications and I think 
well, Chris Harris posted um, the the new car, the the prototype car. Yeah, um, the DLS. The DLS, sorry. Um, the other day on Instagram. And I noticed it's got an F plate. So it's an 80, 88, 89. Okay, yeah. Now, um, when, I, when I spoke to the team at Goodwood this year, uh, last year, sorry, 2018, um, I asked them, what's the chassis on the car? And they said, it's a 964. And that kind of surprised me because I think the car is $2 million. Yeah, yeah. Uh, near Which, as much. Yeah, near as I mean... Now, for example, if you want a fast 964, Roof will build you an RCT Evo, which is a true performance-based 964. Um, and that will probably cost you 350,000 euros. Now, that is a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, 350, you know, it's, it's cheap. But then compared to maybe the Singer, it is. But, but the again, normal... A, like a, a normal singer, yeah. the, the non DLS, yeah. they are, they're not a ton, they're more like four or 500,000 euros. Uh, they're, I think they're a bit more. It depends on what country you're buying it into. Sure. Okay. Yeah, taxes because of the tax and whatever. Yeah. I think in the UK you're looking at I don't know what the 450, 500,000 pounds. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not like, like it's a lot of money, but it's, it's not a yeah. million and it's not yeah. more than that. Um, but yeah, I, the thing I, when I look at the two cars, the, the main, not the main difference cause your you're not bear. breaking down, but my bugbear yeah. with the roofs that I've seen is, or the roofs is, is the interior. Yeah. It like when you've got to the point with the new cars and I know that they're, they're very new now. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's on, you know, tons of ongoing development, yeah. or whatever. but you look <clears> in the interior and to me, it doesn't look like it. No. A million pound car. No, and and I, I do understand where you're coming from. Again, it's subjective because a lot of people like the classic interiors. Yeah. And for them, it's more about the driving experience than the um, the, the visuals. <laughs> kind of negates my point on the McLaren, I guess. But I, I mean from just a, an aesthetics, like, okay, this has got some yeah, yeah, yeah. fancy um, woven um, materials tweed. or whatever, yeah. Uh, dash you know which it, it, it's all great and it looks fantastic and th- i mean their cars are stunning they they are stunning um but they they do to they do although they both are related to and based on classic porsches they do serve different types of buyers yeah because you have the driving enthusiasts the guys that are really kind of like focused on performance that tend to buy the roof stuff um and then you have the guys that are more um into the maybe the guys that are more into the types of guys that collect art, for example, that are into singers because they like the automotive art side of singers. Does that make sense? I I think there's both. Okay. In both both types of buyers for sure. both cars. Okay. I think like I I know some people or that have got singers that are like through yeah. and through car nut type people, and I'm sure like it works all the way around. Yeah. Um, Oh, my, my sister is calling me. Thanks. Is it important? No. <laughs> yeah, I'll just like stop everything. Um, sorry. I don't, the, on the iPhone, there's no way of like getting rid of the call without... No, you just press this. You just press remind me or message and... How long have you had an iPhone? Yeah, just when I leave. And it will just remind you. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Is that your first I... iPhone? No. no. It's like <laughs> iPhone like number eight or something. Okay. Um, 
I don't know. I'd normally just answer the phone. No, so now when you leave here, it will, it will remind you that she's Remind me. That she um, um, again, I'm not... I don't know why, anyway. No. Basically. They are beautiful cars. And, ah, and I thought we were going to have this problem. Sam's got a problem with his mic. We're just working on it. Um, but no, yeah, I just thought I, what your thoughts were on the brand. Obviously, it's... I love it. Similarly sort of portraits. Yeah, I love it. I, I think the cars are beautiful. They seem like good guys. I like what they're doing. Um, I think it's cool that they got Chris Harris involved with the the um, engineering, the the kind of development of the car. I think it's a good. We need good to see, brand ambassador. We need to see more Larry Ruff videos. Okay. I think like I haven't seen a. You mean TTR like a, thirty or like a what about like a a new fascination? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Exactly. Okay. Right. Like that. Well, I want that. Stay tuned, maybe. <laughs> I've, presumably that question has been asked like, <laughs> a million times. Like, So you, re- you remade this car that was famous for making this video. When are you making the video? <laughs> well, I'll let you think about what might, yeah. may or may not happen, may or may in, not happen. in the near future. <laughs> uh, the the SCR, yeah. the, have they said what engine is? Do we know what engine is going to no, be in that car? Um, they used... Well, they... In the prototype SCR from mm. 2016, it gets quite confusing because there was a, a prototype called the SCR 4.2. And that's the one I was talking about with the slightly different wheelbase. Yeah. Um, that car, that had the 4.2 that Roof have used in the 991, quite quite a few different variants mm. of naturally aspirated um, engine. And I think in this, it's going to be a four liter. I think it's slightly smaller. Yeah. Um, again, I'd I'd have to fact check. So I'm just because, it, because sometimes the, the again as they're developing things, they change things in house. There's there's no need to notify us because yeah, yeah. it's not it's like not a we've physically got it. a car here yet. So it's more okay. Well, if anybody asks, yeah, we need to let them know. Um, people that have deposited, they will be in constant communication with the factory anyway. So if anybody's got any questions, um, they'll they'll just email yeah. the team, the technical team at Roof, and and they can let them know what what's being changed or what's being added to to the new SC. So how much do those car, presume? Does the um, how much is that car going to weigh roughly? Do we? I think do you know for the SCR how much that weighs? I think it's eleven hundred kilos on the SCR, and I think and is, the that, CTR is that without is with or without fluids and things? With no, without. Sorry, without. without. Yeah. Um, it's safer uh, to say that, yeah. Because then you know, worst case. Yeah. <laughs> so presumably, this this four liter ish natural aspirated engine will in be fact, around five hundred and a little bit of horsepower, maybe. In fact, I think it's in here. So, yeah that that is going to be five hundred horsepower. And let's have a look. So it's this green car in here. People can see this on camera. This is the CTR from two thousand seventeen. But the uh, SCR, here we go. Uh, yeah, four litre. And it doesn't give the brake force for... 510. Yeah, 510. So six-speed manual again, rear-wheel drive. Um, actually, 1250 kilograms. So it's, it's 100 heavier than the CTR, the new CTR. Why is it heavier? Bigger engine. Because um, that's a 3.6. Yeah. But 
Don't quote me. But <laughs> it's too late, right? Um, it's missing some turbos. It should be lighter. But then bigger uh, boards. Yeah, it's a bigger engine. It's a bigger engine. Yeah. So that the idea is that you have two quite different driving experiences. Mm. CTR is is strictly limited anyway. Um, SCR is not. No, there's no there's no cap on build numbers. So the idea is that production will maybe run for like four or five years. Um, and if you said they could only build fifteen a year, that gives you an idea of the kind of final yeah. numbers. So there will never be a mass market, you know, thousands, mm. like you might get with a piece of, for example, where they're saying, okay, there's going to be 1,800 coupes and 500 yeah. uh, aperters. Um, the, these cars are produced in an extremely low yeah. Super volume. Rare. Yeah, so they're not, they're not going to be the kind of cars you see passing you. Yeah, if, I, if one of those drove past me on the street, Take a photo. I would lose, lose my mind. <laughs> Send it to me, please. <laughs> Do we know, uh, have we got any coming to the UK so far? Yeah, there are, there are three people or four people even that are deposited on their uh, SCR and there are two CTRs coming to the UK. Sweet. So yeah. So they just sort of things, the sort of people that we may see them? Uh, well, not sure. I don't can't really say. I mean, because you, you don't you don't know what what they're going to do people will want to do when they've got the car some people now i think again with the values of these things some people just say you know what i'll take it down the road i'll bring it home and i'll just put it in my dry storage for 10 years and hope that it's worth twice as much or three or four times as much yeah so it's hard to tell but i mean okay roof for example as a as a manufacturer they like to engage with um the owners and every year um, they they do a track day or a drive, mm. um, try and get people involved. Um, also, they're always interested in hearing from people that are interested in the brand that may be interested in buying a car that wants to come along. So you could bring yeah, your yeah. Porsche, for example, your RS. Um, and that's always a good way to meet other roof owners and enthusiasts that can share with you their stories and experiences and maybe why they chose this model over something else. Yeah, because like so many of the cars are like customised for well, they're like a specific person. Correct, yeah. Their sort of suit. And, and in fact, it's always, um, it's always the hardest part of selling a used um, car in the way that this car was probably specified for somebody in a way that it's not that it wouldn't be to everybody's taste. It might just be that, for example, the yellow RTR that we've got, the amount of people that said, you know what, I'd love to buy that car, but it's got to be black, mm. you know, and, or, or, or what about red? And then you say, okay, well, we change the color. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. But then it's not original paint. Okay. Yeah, so well, what? wrap it, <laughs> wrap it then, you know, yeah. and it's like, well, I don't want to wrap it because it's not paint. You can now um, spray yeah. colour. Yeah. They, in fact, I was with a guy from the, um, the Philippines um, on the weekend, and he's a he's a dealer out there, mm. not for roof or anything. He's just a a luxury dealer, and uh, he was telling me that in the Philippines they call it foil, and it is a spray kind of um, thing that you you spray onto the car and it. It has the depth. Yeah, of it paint, looks the, a bit. Color, it looks like paint. Yeah, which I think is a, it's a cool thing, really. It'll be interesting to see where that where that. And goes I think particularly useful on sort of historically significant cars yeah, or something where right. you don't want to change. Like a modern car, and you're like, well, if I want to change color, you, you mm. could just respray it. 
Um, but you know, when you wrap a car and you remove the wrap, because that can damage the lacquer and the paint. It can do. Do you do you think that depending on how this sets onto the lacquer, this new stuff, could it we'll not be the same. same thing? I don't know if the um, sun's kind of cooked it for too long. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I do not know the answer. I know you can peel it off with your fingers. Mm. Mm. Like it does just come off. Yeah, I'm interested to see it. I am interested because this this um, guy that I was with, he said it's really, it's becoming really popular there. Mm. Um, and I'm sure even like the guys at Topaz that you had on, um, on the last podcast, I'm sure that it's something that they're, they're looking at doing as well, because it's obviously, it's, it's probably the future now, isn't it? Of, of changing your color of your car. Depends how expensive it is really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not really something that I get asked for um, yeah. or that we've ever been into. Um, I know that there's, there's lots of guys like Topaz and Yanimize and whatever that do all this stuff. Um, we know obviously who they are, but we just don't, we find that with the type of customers that we have, we just don't have any need for it. Do you, do most people PPF stuff now? Uh, no. If they've got, if they've just had a conversion, or I'm guessing the guys that buy these CTRs and SCRs, yes, oh, they'll, yeah, they'll yeah. be doing it. Because a lot of these guys as well, don't get me wrong, they like to drive the cars and they drive them hard. So they are the kind of guys that, yeah, that I would assume they would be thinking, you know what, now I'm going to start yeah. putting paint protection on this stuff. Because it does make sense when you're spending three quarters of a million on a car, even to be fair, if it's a hundred grand, it's still yeah. a lot of money, you know, and, and, and to paint it and the questions we get asked, is it original paint? Is it, you know, used cars. Yeah. You're like that car's on 50,000 miles and there's no paint chips on it. You're like, yeah, it's either it's been PPF this entire life yeah. or it's been repainted. Yeah. So now, now we know at least, okay, if it's, if it's got a PPF film in it, even if you look at a car and the PPF film is kind of tired, it's done a job of protecting. Yeah. It's protected the paint the, from the damage. Mm. Um, I guess oh, one of those questions that people ask and, when you've just come out with something new is people yeah. are like, well, what's, what do we know what's next? What's, what's further down the line? Yes. Or I do. I'm, you do, but <laughs> you're not allowed to say. I do. I'm guessing more evolutions of this platform. That well, I think it's been built. I think you'll see this year at Geneva, what the plan is. Obviously the long-term plan is in the, the new carbon tub. Um, Ruffer are aware that they, they don't want to just take um, the same car back. Because as you know, I mean, to, I think Chris Murphy mentioned previously that the expense to actually have a stand at Geneva now is like, it, oh, it's, it's crazy. crazy yeah. it, it's, it's insane. So I think for them, they, there will be something different there this year. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, just stay tuned really and, and keep an eye on the social media, keep an eye on our Instagram and stuff and theirs also, mm. um, which you can put the little tags in on the, yeah. on the video Ding. for anybody that's listening. Ours is, uh, on Instagram is just at roof automobile UK and roof head office is, or factory is roof since 1939. So R U F S I N C E one nine three nine. Um, as I've thought I'd also discuss at some point yeah. um, some like news items of, okay, yeah, of what's it. recent. Now we one of them we have actually. I just I just had a quick Lambie, trawl. Yeah. It was the the yeah. new Lambo. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
essentially it's an updated hurricane it's got a yep. little bit more power some slight changes interiors i mean I've, like because yeah, it has like a touch screen doesn't it i saw i i looked at the photographs of the car thought, wow. yeah okay cool i like the wheels yeah. um i haven't actually looked at the interior i don't think i've seen a picture of the interior it's but, like same but yeah. with a with a touch screen it's a little bit of a facelift of the current hurricane i think some people thought it might be the sort of like super legera type version but it, it is just it's the facelifted yeah um hurricane because it has a it's got like a lip spoiler built into the bank but i think it's part of this new lamborghini it looks more like an r8 than it okay, used to if yeah, you look yeah, at the front yeah. if you look at the front bumper yeah. on the new evo and you look at the current r8 yeah. they look i mean the cars look very different if you look mm. at them overall but mm. the front is is now very similar uh the same car underneath aren't they yeah, I'm mean, basically yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. Different tuning, different body mm. kit. It's an interesting conundrum, that isn't it? Do you buy an R8 or do you just buy a used Huracan? I because then you, you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I don't think I'm buying either. Um, no, but, but let's say hypothetically, you had to choose a new R8 or I, a used Huracan. I think I would rather have a Huracan. Yeah, I don't know. It's a Lamborghini, right? Yeah, it's a Lamborghini. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, they, they're essentially very similar. R8 is a very good car. Yeah. Um, also, so any friends that have got R8, sorry, I'm not, not yeah, knocking your car. Like I was saying, they're people choose cars, their cars for their own reasons. Like, yeah. You know, that's totally, that's <laughs> fine, isn't it? Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's their own life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another car that came out recently is the Cayman GT4 Club Sort, which is the, the track. GT4 race car and it has a flat six in it which is making people speculate that the new Cayman GT4 which shouldn't be that long away we've sort of expected it to be coming whether it's a GT4 RS or GT4 probably Geneva um, may have a flat six now I don't I I've got my name for the GT4, the new, the new car. If it comes with and a four pot, four will you pull liter. your... If, if it's a four litre, I want it. No, 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 no. A four pot. No, I don't want it. Yeah. That, and that's kind of how most people feel. Like, I, or people I've spoken to. I would yeah. love it to have the six, just because of the noise and the exp- driving it, experience. I think it will. I think it will. And I actually heard that the reason the club swap using the 3.8 is because they're looking to finish that run of engines. Right. And then the, the four litre will be in the, the GC4. But interestingly, quite a few people are saying there will be an RS version of the GT4. I think they should do a GT4 yeah, RS. I think it would be quite cool, PDK. wouldn't it? It would be to have that kind of super hardcore version. But then are you kind of alienating GT3 owners? Oh, no, I guess not. Because nah. it, is, it is a different car. They're not gonna. They're not gonna put the same engine in it, mm. like as in the same engine. Yeah. Um, I think what the previous GT4 had, which was like a, the 911 engine, mm. Mm. Um, didn't have that GT no. fizz that the GT cars have, and I don't think we'll necessarily get that. But a 420 horsepower six flat six in a Cayman would be do, great. Do you think it will be? Like 420 or do you think they'll push it a bit more? I think it'll be about 420. Yeah. Previous car was 370. Mm. I, I think 450 starts to really get to... Maybe, yeah, it's too much. ...your performance numbers. Mm. 
But depending on what, you know, they might even put they might put a turbo six in it. No. Then you can remap it, and it'll be five hundred and eighty horsepower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see. It's, it's interesting because roof. Um, they've put the 3.8 in the Cayman and Boxster for a long time. Mm. And they haven't actually, in the latest generation, the, um, the new turbocharged yeah. cars, they they haven't bothered, I think, because the demand now is not there so much because of the GT4 yeah. with the 3.8 and whatever, and the Boxster Spider as well. That kind of Porsche kind of, they have that. They owned it. Niche now. Because I think the demand for those cars is is not so great anyway, because most people that want Porsche want a 911. Yeah. So staying in that kind of 911 kind of market makes sense. And if you're going to spend, you know, quite a lot of money, Mm. you possibly don't want the lower down model. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it was like a crazy GT4. Type thing, but I love the GC4. But you're you're not that sold. Are you? Oh no, I like it. Yeah, I like I, it. I, I, it's just the engine just doesn't quite have the, the fizz. Yeah, but I do like. It's a great car. Yeah, I, I wish I'd bought the the first gen to be honest. Because Porsche East London at the time they they offered us one, cancelled order, and they said, "Look, do you want this?" And I was yeah, like, nah, I don't want that. Rubbish. <laughs> Actually, it's really good. <laughs> it's just it. a really good car. <laughs> just a really good car, and like priced. I think priced really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's true. They are priced well. Um, when you look at the market as a whole, I think they're, yeah. they're not. And if you looked at pricing of like a, a Cayman GTS yeah. spec'd up, the GT4 was like the same or mm. like yeah, it was I the think... same. And it's got a, it's way more special. Yeah. I had to look recently because somebody asked us for a, a Cayman GTS new factory order. And they wanted uh, guards red, you know, fully spec thing. And I'm sure it came to like 83 grand. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. It was just yeah. like, well, what? wait a minute. You know, I think the, the base price of the car was 56 or 58 or something, mm. including that. And of course, being a Porsche, it doesn't come with anything. So you've, you've got to you've start got to add to like the doors. leather <laughs> <laughs> or seats. Um, but yeah, when you start thinking, wait a minute, sort of twenty seven, twenty five thousand pounds worth of extras, mm, not sure, because that you know eighty grand by use nine eleven. Yeah, that's it's that thing of like certain models come out like the the GTS is actually a good one because it comes with a bunch of the stuff. Yeah, it does. You're right. So you're, you're taking right. you're elevating that base price of the car yeah. to an, a higher level, yeah. so that when you look at resale, it's not like it was a. Forty thousand pound car with twenty thousand pounds of options no. on it. It's a fifty thousand pound car with ten thousand pounds of yeah. options on it, or whatever. So you don't. You're less likely to take a, a serious hit. The GTS models they're usually good looking as well. Yeah, they nice they're, wheels. They're like they're bumpers. quite a good like they're, they're part good, of the range. That like good the Cayman GTS and, 911 yeah. GTS. Um, I drove one of the nine nine one dot two GTS. Uh, nine eleven. Like it was a really good car. Mm. I, I think for people that use those sorts of cars like every day, that that is like a really like if unless you sort of want to go GT. Yeah, but GT is much more hardcore in terms of like mm. daily. Yeah, that obviously you have a lot more people now using things like GT threes as yeah. dailies. Um, I think the thing is, of course, if you live in somewhere like London. And you're doing three miles a day. 
it's kind of okay because you're keeping the mileage down. Yeah. But then if you live maybe out here and you're driving into London every day and you're doing 25, 25 30 miles yeah. there and back, this is when those guys start to get nervous and they're thinking, oh, But do you think the difference between, do you think a GT3 is going to lose more as a percentage than a normal, like a C2S over the same mileage? No. No way. No, no you're right. You're right. But I mean, it won't be as comfy. You, <laughs> yeah, it it'll be arguably more fun, especially in the it summer. It will be more fun. The spring and the summer and the autumn. If your commute is remotely interesting, mm. <laughs> yeah. If it's just M twenty five, then probably not. Just yeah, you want a PDK, buy a whatever. Diesel yeah. Golf, and yeah, then just <laughs> yeah, because that that makes sense, you know. Yeah. I think if you if you're doing those kind of mileages, but each to their own. We need people to buy these cars and do stupid exactly. things. Exactly. <laughs> and you need people to buy all the models of a range yeah. so that you can buy them secondhand yeah. further down the line. Cause Although it would, it would be nice to be on the Porsche VIP list so that you get... But is there an official Porsche VIP list? It's basically like, <laughs> how friendly are you, you with your dealer? Any dealers out there? I'm quite friendly. Guess you've got to be careful what you say, but the- <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you think about it <laughs> but you know what it's like you, yeah yeah, yeah. You, you probably i know i tried for you you know to introduce you and so it's it, can it's, you help it's the process isn't it yeah and they say sure if you buy a panamera and you buy this and you buy this and you don't want any of those cars because so, <laughs> that was something the the topaz guys were saying um yeah. for those that haven't listened to that podcast i heard that i went to topaz yeah. um ppf detailing company anyway the owners are mad like Porsche guys mm. and they wanted the GT cars. So they bought, yeah, like they've had, I don't know, like five Cayennes and like four Panameras and like, what, like they've bought a lot of the sort of run of the range, like run of the mill range cars yeah. to get their allocation. And they, I think it's fair enough as well. If, you, if you've got kids and a family is like, yeah, 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 sure. I'll buy a Cayenne or a McCann or whatever. Yeah. You know, it makes sense. Um, but they turned, They said to me, they're like, we've, we've actually decided we're going to stop doing it. Right, okay. Because we, they're like, I would rather buy, it's cheaper yeah. to just buy the car over yeah. list. True. Actually, yeah, because of the money you're going to lose. Because you lose so time. much on like a new car so, every like year or whatever. So, yeah. So if, if I can get one at list and sell it for a premium, <laughs> you, you, you got a guy for... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, and, and like what you're saying about if I had a full, like, you know, two kids and maybe I would, I, I would a hundred percent look at like a McCann or but would maybe you, would you just buy a Range Rover. I, d- I don't want to get nicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually that's happened to quite a few people we know. Like a lot of people. Wow. Yeah. They go missing. Yeah. That's a shame. It is a shame because they're good cars. Yeah. That that's really bad, isn't it? That that was happening, and mm. it was kind of so. Well, it's just part of buying the car. Like, is it? Yeah, yeah. and then like stolen? you have to have a wheel lock. Yeah, which is like, like stipulated really by insurance. 1980s. Like, I'm sorry, it's not a Golf GTI. No, <laughs> I've got an electronic key that locks it. Thank you very much. Exactly. I think the BMW have an issue with the um, hacking. Yes, keys. if you've got keyless, it's that, a bit of a problem. That's been a thing for like ten years, I think. With them, yeah. Um, but the, the Land Rover stuff is, I think, I'm sure they're addressing it now. I'm sure the later stuff, but there's definitely a generation of cars where it's... it's yeah, where like they, they've probably got to the point now where, you know, they've gone from 64-bit encryption to, or like, yeah. 
like the equivalent of dial-up to broadband. Basically, yeah. Um, where it becomes very, very, very difficult. Mm. But yeah, I mean, the, the problem is there's a bunch of geeks who spend all their time just trying to break through this stuff. Well, <laughs> I think it's, um, it, is that dying? Oh yeah, we just had a camera die over there. It's probably because it's big business as well. For a lot of the, these criminal gangs, um, countries, I think a lot of the cars go to places like Africa um, or, or continents like Africa, rather yeah. countries within Africa. You start, start um, driving around the world and you see a lot of like some UK reg cars. Uh, and you're oh, like, cool. Was interesting. That, was that my dad's car? <laughs> was that my friend's car? No. Wait, and that's the replacement that we got a week later that then got... Let oh. me just check the VIN number. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. Sadly, people always steal these cars anyway. So you've got to be super careful. Super yeah. careful. Trackers are like a must-have now, aren't they? So yeah. you just have to have it. And that's why like Ferrari, Porsche, whatever, they've got their own tracking systems like PTS and whatever. That They pretty much say you got to have it. Like mm. it's a non-negotiable now, isn't it? And I think the insurance companies as well saying, does it have a tracker? I think also insurance companies should, I don't feel like insurance has got cheaper. No, they should when provide When security has got better. Yeah. And yeah, they should either provide a tracker or you get a discounted tracker through yeah. them or something. Yeah. There is, um, there's some, deals. some guys that we met early last year. I think it's the, which is the London motor show. The one they do at Excel. Classic and something. It's in February. Something like that. Yeah. Um, there's some guys that exhibit there and they do trackers for classic cars, like your Porsche, yeah, yeah. for example. And I think we've got a time with them. I think their details might be on our website. Um, but they're, they're very reasonable, the cost of these, these trackers yeah. and they're designed for classic cars and they're, and in, I think most instances that people have had them fitted, it does reduce their premium. Yeah. Um, just because the chance of getting the Cause I would always car. ask that question. If someone's like, do you have a tracker? Yeah. I'd be like, does it put my premium down? And if it doesn't, I'm probably not getting it. True. Yeah. True. Like I might do. Because of the expense. Because of the expense and like the monthly cost and whatever. Yeah. Now I have, like, I now have an app on my phone that shows where cars are. Just everyone's cars? Just everyone's cars. Okay. It's really great. What do you mean? <laughs> what is this app? I'll show you. Uh, like if you... Um, what's it called? Like it came through. Um, it's like it's attached to the trackers in like my BMW, for example. Okay. And I can just look on like equipment of like a Google Maps, and it will show you where the car is. But everybody's cars, like obviously, just my cars. Okay, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, there'd, there'd be a privacy. Issue. There would. That would be. <laughs> well, I started up my um, BMW the other day. And someone else's... Which uh, one? Because you've got loads of BMWs now. So. Okay, so it wasn't the 760, it was, it was my M2. <laughs> All right. And someone's phone conversation that they were having in their car dialed into my car for like half a second. As in like I could hear a woman talking to someone else like straight away. And then you're looking around the car, the car park being like, there's a woman over there having a conversation. Yeah. Why has that suddenly yep. car coming through my yep. speakers? Definitely. Absolutely Quite often nuts. if your car's outside and, and the Bluetooth is live on your phone, then yeah. your phone will just connect to the car. You're like... What? But someone else's car. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, yeah, it's kind of awkward. Yeah, weird. Having quite a private conversation. Yeah. Or like you're chatting to someone at home and then someone turns on a Bluetooth speaker in your house. Yeah. And it like automatically exactly, connects. Yeah. Bit of a faff. <laughs> so I normally sort of wrap up these podcasts by yep. asking the guests five questions. Right. And maybe six. 
But um, yep. Are you ready? Mm. Are they like quick file? They, they, well, yeah. I mean, you don't have to be like bang. <laughs> can I, do but I give? Do I provide the answers really quick, or, or can I take my time to? You think? You can take or? your time. Okay. Uh, so, first question: yep. Do you have a most memorable driving trip yep. journey stint that you've done? I do. Um, it Good. was 2008. Um, my one down. first trip to Nurburgring. All oh, right. And my partner at the time, she just bought a Clio 197 Cup, mm-hmm. which obviously it's nothing special, but at the time was just such an amazing car to drive. In fact, they were engineered by Williams. I think they had yes. to do it. Um, and we took this car to uh, Nürburgring, but we actually drove, I think it was like 2000 miles. We did like a trip of Europe All right. for 10 days. And it's always something I thought I'd love to do that again. Mm. And having that kind of um, feeling of thinking, okay, where are we staying tonight? Well, we don't know. But it was in the early days of kind of being able to go on, um, not TripAdvisor, but um, late rooms or whatever. Yeah. On your phone, on your smartphone. And just kind of booking a hotel on the day. Yeah. So, okay, well, we're going to be driving through Italy. Let's let's Find one. look on a map or Google Maps and, and choose a place. And yeah, I'd say that that was my most memorable like driving experience. Because it, it almost became like, a, well, it was, I guess, a driving holiday, which I never thought I'd do. But... Um, was just fun, and I did really it again. Fun. Yeah, do it again. Not with cool. you, but maybe with yeah, yeah, with someone else. Hot <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. five car garage, unlimited value. Uh, just you basically it has to slip into your sort of current life. Okay, ish. Well, I don't have kids or family yet. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I don't really need anything that practical, but. Um, I do think if you're going to have an SUV, Range Rover. So you're going to have an SUV. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah. because they, because they, plenty of, plenty of friends have got them and stuff and they're always just such a nice experience. You know, they're, they're very like calm. They are very calming. You know, when you're driving a Range Rover, it's kind of like you're driving an armchair yeah. or a sofa. It's an armchair if you're on your own, but obviously it's a and like the, the high up vision and all that <laughs> yeah, stuff. It, it, it's just, it's like you don't feel the need to kind of, to push the car at all. You're just kind of wafting along. Mm. So probably a Range Rover, something um, small for cities and poppins' shops, I guess. What would that be? So I'm not a big fan of the latest minis. I just right. feel they look a bit, a bit beaky at the front. They've got like a big nose, like a beak. Yeah. But um, we've got um, an Abarth that we use, a 595 as yeah. well. It's like a station car or whatever. And it's just, it's so much fun. Like it really is. So again, I'd probably have one of those, but like a, like a, uh, I think it's the Turismo with the leather and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's only like 160 brake, but you get so much kind of fun for your money. And you can park it in the station car park and it's yeah. 16 grand. It's not, it's not yeah. 50 and you're thinking, oh God, you know, someone's going to key it or steal it or whatever. I mean, that can yeah. still happen, but it's not as ultimately yeah. it's a fiat. You know, it's not kind of like my Porsche or whatever. Mm. Um, so that's two. Three more slots. Something crazy. Something batshit. Something crazy. Something from Pagani or Koenigsegg, I think. Just cause, you know? Yeah. So which one would, what would um, you have? Zonda. Uh, 
like a chinque or something. Mm-hmm. You know, a really collectible. That sort of like middle. Yeah, yeah. Just, just point. Just a special car, really. That you, you're never really going to drive. It's just kind of there, just to look at. <laughs> just to know, look at. Say, a couple of hundred miles a year, or whatever. Um, Two more slots. I've got to choose one more, obviously, before the obvious. <laughs> uh, I guess really... So do you have like a track toy, something like that? Or a classic? Or You know, I, I'm not really into the whole track thing. Mm-hmm. I see the point of it, but I'm not, I'm not really... Yeah. I'm just not... Not fast. Like race car. I, we used to live when I was younger. We used to live very close to Brands Hatch, and we used to do Elise track days and Caterham track days, and yeah, they were fantastic fun. But always being able to just kind of hand the keys back and leave the car there in an absolute yeah. mess after was a really nice thing. So you yeah. just paid your whatever it was at the time, a few hundred pounds. Um, have your driver training. You know, feel feel like you were able to push these cars to the limit, um, and not have to worry about them. Um, so I'm not sure I would have a track toy, but if I did, maybe that's um, 911 RSR. You know, the, the, yeah, Ooh. I love the look of that. And I always yeah. thought, how cool would it be to have one of those and turn it into a road car? Mm. It'd be completely impractical. It would be completely totally imp- impractical. But um, why not? Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It would be that or, or maybe something Ferrari or Lamborghini related just cause you know like a maybe maybe a, a Murcielago SV I like that car. yeah I really like the Murcielago really SV. cool uh, just the, the noise and it it, it kind of Murcielago is a good looking car and it's the last of the sort of the true Lamborghini Audi crossover um but the SV is a special car and they only ended up making 186 I think out of a perspective mm. 280 or 300 so they're quite collectible so yeah okay fourth car would be a Mercy SV and then my fifth would be a roof CTR2. There you go. Five cars. CTR2. CTR2. It's just my favorite. Like yeah, one, it's, just, it? it's just, it's just my favorite because I've always loved the 993. Yeah. And the 993 Turbo in particular. So that's based on a 993. It is a 993 chassis. Um, and effectively, that is the ultimate 993. So yeah, it would be that car. Maybe not. I mean, that is a lovely example, but maybe not that exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, I think there's, there was one that they made in red that I really, I just saw that car and said, yeah. Roughly how many of those cars are there? 30. 30. And then I think they did 10 uh, sport, CTR2 sport versions, right. which are based on the, they're like a wider body Pikes Peak hill climb car. Mm. Um, Steve Bedell had one. And I think his car is going to be in the Art Curial or Paris um, auction in February or March this year. So it'd be interesting to see anyway, what kind of money that yeah. goes for. Cool. Any more questions? There are. Oh God. All right. Okay. <laughs> if you could drive one car for the rest of your life and it can be any value. Oh, and there was this, you're, the you're same at, car. You're, yeah. You, you what got, if it broke you got one car. crashed it. Can I change it for a what? different one? You like so I could, I could just crash it and then just get a different car, like written off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then every five years, technically, I could change my car. Um, and you're allowed like a five hundred pound beta to put kids in or whatever. Like that okay, sort of okay, fine. So I have to have one car for the rest of my life, and it's not five hundred pounds. It's no, it's unlimited, unlimited value. Oh, okay. <sighs> then it kind of goes back to that. It's got to cover every base. Yeah. 
what about an RS6? RS6, very good. <laughs> I mean, it could cost. Uh, yeah, I know, I know they'll stop making them now and there'll be an, a, another new, a new version. Coming, but yeah. um, maybe not. I would have a, I'd have a sport, sporty type yeah, car. Yeah, I'd just have a 911. Yeah. Fuck it. Sorry, I mean. <laughs> a 911. Just, yeah, a 911. Why not? Any particular 911? Mm, I want to say, I want to say 993, but yeah, 993. Just a Carrera 2S or a 4S. Mm. So one of the final editions. Is that dead as well now? Like, yeah, hang on one sec. I'm just going to go and try and uh, okay. turn this GoPro back on. Apologies to your video people. Is this one working or is this one dead as well? They, they, they run up battery. They're all dead. So all the video is Well, you can, you can maybe down. shorten that and make like a nice montage for your YouTube. <laughs> um, well i mean we're very we're very near the yeah, end fun. anyway so the so maybe, audio maybe yeah, will carry uh, on uh, one of the one of the last of the 993s um the the 2s and 4s yeah. i just thought they were really really pretty cars they mm. weren't they weren't as heavy looking as the turbo um they had it just right the design was just right and then they're not a big car yeah so maybe um yeah it would have to be manual obviously not yeah. electronic it's horrible um but yeah that would that would do me cool what is the best value car you can think of at the moment new new old well what about something like uh i know they've got a like little sort bit- of undervalued almost okay okay i know they've got a little bit expensive but what about something like a golf r mm-hmm. you know which I actually think that the best type of car you can own in the UK for UK driving conditions, everyday driving performance, the type of roads we have is probably a hot hatch like Golf R and Audi S3. Yeah. RS3 maybe. RS3 is maybe a bit too extreme. Yeah, yeah. But that, that kind of car that has maybe like 300 brake horsepower, all-wheel drive. Pint-sized. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's enough room to have your friends or family in the car and a little bit of luggage is a good size everyday car that you can use without feeling like Noddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know who Noddy is, just Google Noddy. Um, Yeah. And I think there's like the UK, definitely there's parts of the world that that doesn't, that don't, that doesn't work. No. Um, But you like small hot hatches and stuff Mm. in the UK just, just fit the bill really well. Um, Okay. And last question. What is the most interesting car for you at the moment so the car that like you've googled the most in the last couple of weeks or like sticks in your mind is like really interesting yeah um well we've had a lot of people asking about pista aperta right because you know we're trying to find out what is the definite final build number because Ferrari are being quite a cheap. number. I, yeah, I, I, think it, I think it's going to be four nine nine, like the the four five eight and the sixteen M. Um, the you think it's going to be four nine nine? Yeah. On what like per country uh, per month? No, that's it. Nah. For, no, for the Aperta. Oh, the, the Aperta. Sorry, the right. Pista yeah. Aperta, so the the Spider version. Pista um, Basta. So it, it has been that car actually, but it's probably not you know, the most interesting new car because it is just another high performance collectible Ferrari. Um, but I would say probably the McLaren Speedtail just okay. because it's, it just looks weird as fuck. It's weird. It's, it's weird. weird looking it's like, car. What? When that, when that was shown, I remember, um, 
I think the day before there were some images leaked. Yeah. And like we have kind of WhatsApp groups with customers and whatever. And, and I had this guy in Singapore and I sent it to him and he said to me, please tell me that's not the, you know, the, the successor to the, the F1. F1. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you have to be kidding me. What the hell is that? And I think it, it's, it, again, with McLaren, it's probably going to be another car that divides opinions so much, but it's going to be really interesting to see the final product, uh, the final um, design. And I think it is the final design, but the final actual finish, especially things like the, the, the weird kind of fins on the back that are kind of they're, they're uh, yeah like, i want to know how that works because it's like bending of the do you think it's like loads of tiny motors or what happens yeah is it just a panel that's flexible and then they sort of push it like this <laughs> it's a guy with a stick but what is it even like because it's carbon isn't it yeah but it's it's so interesting to see now how mclaren and companies like mclaren but mclaren in particular are using this technology and adapting things to make it kind of do what they want. Mm. I, I don't even, I can't even get my head around how they're doing that. But because I don't think you've seen that even in Formula One. But yeah, because you're not, you're not allowed that. Sort no, of you're right. You're right. You're not allowed it in Formula One. Um, but it is a, it is a really kind of different thing to look at even. Yeah. Just sort of, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Have you, have you seen the car up close? No. Because I know that Shmi, Tim has, and because I, I watched his video and, and JWW. Yeah, he's, he's seen it. Um, and they, they were quite good because they kind of were up close to the car as well. But yeah, that kind of like weird paint and the kind of, it's just super, super weird. And yeah. I think to see one of those in, in, uh, in the flesh. Amongst other cars. Yeah. It's going to be like, what the, I remember the first time, the first time I ever saw a Bugatti Veyron was the car had just came out. And for some reason, some nutcase took it to Brands Hatch. And at the time I actually lived really close to Brands Hatch. Mm. Um, and I remember seeing the Veyron and thinking, whoa, you know, this is just like really weird. Even though it wasn't, yeah. it was just like a big Audi TT. Really. Yeah. But maybe what we're seeing in that is going to start to kind of filter down to just more like everyday cars. Yeah. Like the, the, the smaller sports series. Yeah, cars. we'll start. Like will the new crazy, five, yeah. 570 or whatever it is, 540, yeah, that's not end far up away. like a weird kind of blob? That's possibly Geneva. Yeah. Will that end up looking like a weird teardrop thing? Like, I, don't, I don't know, but it, it's kind of like, it's really it's happening. It's really interesting the way it's going now. And I think there's going to be some interesting things to happen over the next few years. Mm. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. No problem. You're welcome. Anytime. And uh, for those that are listening, because no one's watching anymore, because I think we ran over the like <laughs> two hours, 15 it's or dead. whatever that can record for. It's finished. Um, <clears throat> thanks for listening. Thanks guys. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.